Hold on. Are we on? I don't know, because I, I can't find the uh, intro music. Hi! This is, oh, you know what? I realize I have to play this. Stand by. Welcome to the Big Picture, a show that takes a deep dive into the political landscape of not only the world, but right here in our own backyard of Illinois. I remember a time when there were two political parties in America that both believed in our democracy. I no longer have a sense that there are two political parties that share goals. The Big Picture is on WCPT 820. And now, here's your host, Edwin Eisentrath. Ah, it's Patty Vasquez. So if that moment of silence might have felt familiar to you because uh, I like to give people a moment to meditate. Uh, it's your holiday meditation for Christmas Eve. Uh, I was looking for the buttons and I realized it's a different board. When uh, Edwin's here, joining me in studio is Elliot Serrano, our chief geek officer. He's an author. He's uh, also the, nope, he, uh, you're not the director of community outreach. I, I keep trying to... You give me a, a, a promotion every time I'm on, but I haven't gotten yes. that yet. All right, then. The chief you know, community outreach. The manager of community engagement for the Anti-Cruelty Society. I've I've already decided I don't know if I want to be a director because direct, I've seen what my boss, the director, does constantly looking at spreadsheets and budgets, which oh. would drive me nuts. Yeah, no, that's not so for you. Let me be a manager so I can be out there with people doing things. I'm, I'm good with that. And uh, we've actually talked to a lot of folks who you've uh, gone in and uh, been able to do programs at park districts and at schools. Uh, different. How do people find out from the Anti Cruelty Society to invite you out and maybe do you know an, or, an event? with the kids, have a demonstration. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Uh, That's a good one. If you go to anticruelty.org, you can see my programs, the group engagement programs at anticruelty.org slash groups. And then um, you want to talk to our folks at in experiential learning, they're the oh, those are the um, that's the team that goes out to schools and summer camps and parks and all that. Uh, just send an, an email to education at anticruelty.org, and then we'll, one of our great um, experiential learning coordinators will be in touch with you to tell you about all the wonderful options we have. And uh, I know that uh, I remember one time you're like, I'm going to be at Norwood Park, and I'm like, I'll right, be right there. And you had um, I can't remember Jeff's last name, Jeff, Jeff. Um, Jenkins of Jenkins. the Midnight Circus was out there with his two uh, performing uh, doggies from the from the Midnight Circus, and yeah, it was, um, we were doing that all last summer. Hopefully, do it, doing it again this summer and bringing them into schools too. We've already had a couple schools asking for Jeff and what we call the Canines for Kindness program to come out to the schools so the kids can see how great a relationship you can have with your pets if you um, treat them well. I'm, I'm warming up our, our other guests in studio uh, for a moment. I know. So I'm a little intimidated because he's right? sitting like so close to me right now. Just getting him used to the uh, yeah. back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he's like staring at me now. I'm afraid. Uh, well, as we're ta- while we're talking about the Anti-Cruelty <laughs> Society, I know a lot of folks have been sharing memes about when you give a pet as a gift. A right. pet is not a gift. It's a commitment. Yes. Up to 15, 20 years of a commitment. Mm-hmm. And don't give a baby Grogu either. I mean, you give a baby Grogu, <laughs> that's like an eight to nine hundred year commitment right there. Right. And they will eat every... Is uh, every Grogu eats everything? They or? want to. Yes. They're not supposed to, but they want to. They'll, yeah. And they'll eat... Everything. Not only that, they eat everything live in your household. <laughs> you know, so little baby Grogu, mm-hmm. again, I mean, you know, for those who are getting this reference... 
You're 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 part of my tribe, folks. You're getting it. <laughs> you get it, right, Griffin? Yes. So if you're watching you on the uh, if you're watching yeah. on the live stream, uh, you can see uh, Elliot. We see all of us in studio, and uh, next to Elliot is uh, Griffin, who is a. Uh, can I say that you're a first year student at the University of Chicago? Yes. All yeah, right, then. Yeah, since I already have done that. Hi, Griffin. <laughs> this Hello. is my. I, I believe this is the first time I've ever had you on my on any of the shows. Were you ever on uh, at WGN? I think you were on Steve Cochran's show once. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's yes. That's accurate. Yes. Excellent. So Elliot and Griffin have been uh, friends for how long? About eight years? Seven years? Uh, Gosh. Man, I a- knew Griffin when he was knee-high to a, to a grasshopper. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. No, it's like, can I tell you something? I am reminded of my own mortality every time I look at this young man. Right. See how much older he gets. He's like, right now he's in his John Lennon phase. Mm. You know, you look like a young John Lennon. I don't know how to take that. But it's a compliment. Trust me, it's a compliment. It's you know, it's a handsome, handsome, handsome young well, person. Because you and I connected the first time. I don't know if I, I'm sure Griffin has heard this story, uh, as he is my son, and I re- I repeat myself. Because uh, what's the uh, what's the the comedy rule? Repetition. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anon, anon. Anon, anon. Is, uh, so, uh, Elliot was uh, invited to come and talk about the George Lucas Museum. That, Which is still a sore spot yes, for me, but I'm yes. sorry. But, uh, but the bigger sore spot for me was Han shot first. Han definitely shot first. Yes, he was yeah. wearing a Han Solo t-shirt. So oh, was, yeah. yes. we, were, we were talking about that, and we've been friends ever since. And and we've connected on a lot. It's not just that we connect on uh, on fantasy and sci-fi. I'm more of a fantasy fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Star Wars, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm-hmm. world. and uh, But also, Griffin and Steve love Doctor Who. You know, that's there's you and I grew up in that fantasy world. The 70s and 80s were mm-hmm. just rich with the storytelling of, you know, whether there was movies and books and comics, right? Well, the America needed, I mean, we were coming away out of the Vietnam War, and we needed something to cheer up from. I mean, we were like, just like now, Yes, we're coming out of another type of war, you know, more of a civil war, and, and just wait, the life in America has been so depressing, you know, and we're not quite there yet because we've still recovered, we're still trying to get out of this pandemic. So, so yeah, similar, I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to have folks, we're going to talk about kids- Griffin's age. Well, you're not a kid anymore, but you know we're going to talk about young folks who are our age back then. We're going to be talking about this period in time, about all the things they've discovered that they came into because they wanted to get out of a dark period. So yeah, that was that was us back then in the seventies and eighties. Do you think because a kid, you know, young people like Griffin seem so much more informed, and Griffin even more so? Like I was, I was, he was eating breakfast, oh God, yeah. and I was listening to. I believe he was listening to the Supreme Court uh, yeah, audio, oh, and they were what were they deciding on voting rights? Uh, that was. Uh, I was listening to the oral arguments from a few weeks ago in Moore versus Harper, uh, which is like the case dealing with the independent state legislator uh, legislature theory that, um, that that the the theory is it's a conservative arch conservative theory that the uh, state legislatures have sole authority over determining the manner in which elections are conducted or like the substantive rules for elections, and so which would essentially. Uh, remove any authority for state Supreme Courts to overrule gerrymandering or uh, suppressive voter laws or... So I was listening to arguments in that case. Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing when I was 19 during the holiday season, uh, eating breakfast. <laughs> they, don't have, they didn't have internet back then. So. That's what I'm saying. So, and that's what I was going to ask is, and I don't know that it would have mattered to 
<laughs> I mean, if we'd had both, right? We had this uh, this rich world of fantasy and storytelling that we were all drawn to. I mean, you know, we all had the action figures, Star Wars, and the posters, and and look, and and stupid stuff like the Dukes of Hazard. I had a huge crush. Oh, I used to watch uh, Dukes of Hazard. Uh, Dukes of Hazard, A Team. Yes. Um, you know. Yeah, it's funny, uh, and uh, it, it's stupid stuff. Because I, I was, thank you for use, kind of using that word. Because I remember when I was Griffin's age, I listened to stupid stuff. Right? I was not listening to this. even. You know, you could have made Supreme Court arguments available for me to listen to. <laughs> I would have been like, eh, right? What? Where's Daisy Duke appearing this weekend? <laughs> <You know? laughs> because we were just, you know, I don't know. I wasn't as engaged then as as I think a lot of youth are today. Although it seems like, um. I don't know, and this is the old fogey in me. Griffin, explain to me why, why, why don't younger folks vote more often? I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess there's. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's. I mean, not that you're well. the spokesperson not, for not all the, youth, no, but not. Or, you know, but your age. I mean, you're, I know you. You'll, you know, you're you're, you're very um, engaged, and I know you'll vote. You know, but I have voted. Yeah. So, but I mean, why? It's, it just seems like. It, uh, okay, let me backtrack. I really think, though, that there are people who figured out to take the stupid stuff mm-hmm. and distract us from the important stuff. Yes. And I it's agree. like, again, like about social media and phones and on a, there's so much engagement in the inconsequential and the the ephemeral. If that's that's a, am I using this yeah. word right? Am I yes. using it right? Yeah, like fleeting. Thank you. Man, see, there are times when Griffin makes me feel smarter or dumber. No, it's, I'm saying it's, it's right. This is okay, good. Yeah, it's Folks, and this is basically whenever uh, we get together for the holidays and Griffin and I are in the, in the living room talking, we're having discussions going back and forth. I'm always checking myself. It was my thesaurus accurate just then. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway, but we get so this, they get this, even I'll say it to everyone. We all get distracted by the, the stupid stuff that it take, we get, we keep, we, it takes our eye off the ball of what's important. Like, why did so many people care about uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp so damn much when there was so much more going on in the world that day, that week, that month, that year, that whenever that needed attention that wasn't getting it? You know, I just don't get it. So, I mean, I'm not going to put it on on today's youth and say that they're um, unengaged or apathetic. I think we all have learned we've it's been learned how to distract all of us in one way or another. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I guess that's largely true. I mean, I don't think people are as engaged as they could be or ought to be. Um, I mean, it definitely skews younger, maybe and partly like, you know, retired people, like uh, older people. If you go like, I mean, obviously, you know, that's like uh, further, like in, in terms of like age, but like, you know, people over 65 aren't working. And so they have more time to vote. They don't have as many other, you know, and they also have, they have, they have, I'm sorry, they have television stations that tailor directly yeah. to their, to oh, their yeah, rage centers. <laughs> yeah. Did you see this thing that, uh, Prager was saying that, uh, he wrote this op-ed piece about, uh, grandparents and their kids won't come see them anymore and bring the grandchildren just because they disagree politically. And, uh, and, he, and, he, and he'll say that, uh, Prager says that, uh, he knows his firsthand because of callers that call into his radio show. It's like, that's not firsthand that you're hearing it firsthand. You're not experienced. That's hearsay. Yeah, That's, we call yeah. that hearsay yes. or, or anecdotal evidence. Exactly. But that, did I use those words right, Griffin? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's like living with him. I'm going to keep checking. I'm just looking I at that because every once I look at him and I'm wondering if he rolls his eyes or goes, oh, no, he shakes his head. I'm like, wait, did I use that wrong? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I feel bad. Look, Griffin, uh, in, in, he has rarely a record. Well, I don't know about that. But, uh, like, I used to correct my mom, so I can't. If if, if, if he corrects me, it's karma coming back. Cause my, <laughs> my mom was learning English, and I'm like, you know, it, it, the word yeah. is focus, mom. Focus. <laughs> uh, but to that point about the whole, I, I want to reflect on, like, my past Christmas this year. Um, and I, I will say I have. I have a few Trump supporters in my family oh. who are very... Still? Yeah. Oh. But you know what? We were able to put all that aside for Christmas. We said, you know, it's, it's enough of the baloney and all that. And if anyone broke the rule okay. about bringing up politics, it was me. I, but I was also making a joke. And it was a, it was a, I was making a joke about uh, Kavanaugh being uh, at that party. And my sister... I'm sorry. Like a like a beer related joke. I was just, oh, look who was partying with so and so. You know, party yeah. party boy cabin on. My sister goes, "Will you stop with that kind of?" Because I know she's like a big. But that's not yeah. even political. That's just, he said. He said he likes beer. He likes beer, and then I know. to drink. Uh, I know. All I was <laughs> saying is that we were doing so well, and everybody was like, you know, staying away from that, and I'm the one who had to bring it up, which can quickly devolve into other things, right? Yes. You make a comment, and then it, then it starts. But to but to my to my sister's credit, who. Again, Again, my sister and my, and my brother, who again, big on Trump, they even put it aside and they said, "Look, look, we don't we don't want to talk about this. We want to move on. We don't want that." And I was like, "Well, this is kind of nice because I'm telling you, there was a time when we couldn't, and um, and we couldn't be around each other for a bit. But now it's it was all great. It was this was probably one of the best Christmases." I've had in a while this this past year because just because of that we were able to put aside all that ridiculous animosity over stupid stupid things. I uh, well Griffin's dad, my husband, uh, did not is relieved. I believe that there was not an in law situation. Let's be careful with what See, we say. Here. Can I just say though, with you, okay, <laughs> yours is different. Okay, what it's do you like mean? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. see me. I just have family members who. Are they, they, they're they into that ideology. You have, like, extended family who their lives are to promote and make that ideology a reality. It's like, for us, it's in theory just talking about the baloney. Yes. And, and, and... For you, it's like you have to. You would have to be sitting in a. I'm telling you, I don't know if I could be able to sit in a room with with yes. a Mark Parletta. I don't think I could. Exactly. I don't think I could because I would be so. Uh, I mean, he he infuriates me with his tweets, which I don't. Are I, you still I, following his tweets? I was, but then I actually stayed off Twitter for the longest sure. time because Elon Musk has turned. Oh yeah. Twi- he's made it worse. Have you seen that now? You can see, you can see the views. How, how many views a tweet no, has? You can't, not you can see. You have to see. You have to see. It, it, yeah. You like it says right next underneath everything. You know, like how many retweets? It's on the furthest left. Yeah. Okay. How many people have seen the tweet? Well, yeah. It doesn't also it also doesn't just measure like how many individuals said if different accounts have seen it. It's like if you if you like look at it if you see a tweet more than one time, it counts it. So then like you can have accounts that are followed by like fifty people, and this tweet's been seen hundreds of times because, because like people just like see it on their feed over. So it's a well, useless metric. It is. It is. But you know, Twitter has turned into just this useless, also useless platform because as you said, the metrics are skewed. I I I had been on. Twitter for a good eight years plus, and de- you know, developed the following. And really, there when when the when things went really well organically, they started changing the algorithms, and it seemed like you just had to say dumb, aggravating, incendiary things for people to notice you. And that's essentially how it works now. And it's just I, I can't I can't listen to it. I can't watch it. But anyway, but then when uh, Mark Pauletta is on, and I'm I look at his tweets. 
The dude gets roasted all the time. People are constantly replying to his tweets and just either um, like shouting, you know, uh, con- you know, um, counter arguing his bit or just t- calling him a dummy or whatever and other things that aren't as are, that certainly aren't. You can't see him on the radio. And they're going, what? You're literally, he's shouting into a void that's yelling back at him, telling him how wrong he is. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sit in a room with him. My, I, I've just gotten an easy from our house, but I will say this, because Mark always, Mark Pauletto always remind me of Christmas, because the first time I met him, uh, and mind you, I had met his wife uh, in the summer before, so I started dating Steve in 1994, and uh, or maybe 1995, but uh, so I'd met his sister, and she came up to me, and she goes, hi, my name is Catherine. It's Catherine with a C. I've changed her name in order to make the jokes. I'm like, yeah, you're a C, right. I could tell already. And then she said, uh, she goes, I understand that you're Mexican. So tell me, do you feel like a Mexican? And that was my first interaction with his wife. And like, it was, it was, I always felt like she just told me I'm other. I'm already somebody who's from outside of what the expectations were for the family, right? So just coming at me with, I, and we, your, your dad and I had only been dating for like, I think a couple months. And so then it was, that was in the summer. And then at Christmas time, the whole family was in and they had a townhouse. And I came around the corner and I see this guy spill some eggnog on the table. And he wiped his fingers on it and licked it off the table. And I was like, huh? And then to find out that this guy has so much impact on our Supreme Court and the direction this country's going in, I'm like, eggnog liquor did all this? That's insane! <laughs> See, for you, he reminds you of Christmas because of the eggnog thing. But for me, he reminds me of Christmas because he looks sort of like the corrupt mayor of Whoville. Is kind of the, <laughs> if you look him up on Wikipedia, Mark Pauletta, his Wikipedia page. Uh, oh, man. That's good. That's like, a good one. It's, all right. Just, I, 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 I shouldn't say too much more. Yeah, so, I want yeah. to. You know, I'm going to get us both out of trouble and take a break right here. You're listening to the Big Picture with Edwin Eisendrath. I'm Patty Vasquez sitting in for him. We have the manager of community engagement, uh, Elliot Serrano from the Anti Cruelty Society. Also, our chief geek officer, comic book writer. He's written uh, the uh, Gr- Adventures Cat. of Adventures of Grumpy Cat and Pokey, as well as the Ash, the evil. Army of Darkness. Thing. Yes, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, Homies, the comic book, yes. which was based on the toys that many people have seen. And uh, we also have Griffin, who is a uh, first-year student at the University of Chicago and has been smarter than I am since he was about five years old. And so I thought it would be interesting to have... We're going to talk about... We, we'll talk about the Bible in a little bit. Griffin's like, what are we going to talk about the Bible? Uh, Elliot always, when we would have callers at another station, would, would dazzle me with the way he could have a, a, a logical, reasonable temperate conversation about the Bible and politics. So it's uh, we'll, we'll see how that works when we come back. <laughs> Oops, sorry about that. I was going to roll it down. I was looking for another sign. Steve Goody from his album with Bradley Tassel, um, Have a Merry Kvetchmas. <laughs> There's a mixture of uh, Jewish music and uh, Christmas music, so it's Kvetchmas. Oh, I didn't get the Yiddish there. <laughs> That's Elliot Serrano, the uh, the manager of community engagement at the Anti Cruelty Society, but appearing as your chief geek officer. Yes, my chief. Yes, I, I have to remember that whenever I talk about my political. Oh yes, my political. Um, so the, I, I speak as myself. I am not representing anyone other than myself. Because I'll admit, I've gotten myself in trouble. Okay, um, talking about my political leanings uh, when I'm supposed to be talking about you know my job, which I'm not. 
I'm here to talk about the nerd stuff, and then maybe I'll rail on the Supreme Court with Griffin. And we, we have, <laughs> by the way, right? We have appeared uh, at Nerdfest at uh, several venues before, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so people often think of nerds as you know Star Wars or uh, you know comic books and things like that. But what I've learned over the years is a nerd is someone who is well versed in a, in a topic. Yes, I say the the distinction between this is my definition. The distinction distinction between a nerd and a geek. A nerd is someone who has is very knowledgeable about a particular topic there. They know it inside and out. So like let's say I'm a big baseball, I'm a big fan of baseball and I know uh I know batting averages. I know um you know what a person's a player's slugging percentage is against a particular team. That I know all the statistics, the ins and outs. That makes me a nerd. Uh, if I'm the guy who loves a particular team, I buy the, the jerseys, I go to the game and cheer because I'm just passionate about them, that makes me a geek. Now, there are geeky nerds mm-hmm. and there are nerdy geeks, but a geek is a person who just has a lot of passion for something. The nerd has a lot of the um, knowledge about something. And then you have the third category, which is the dork. <laughs> the dork. <laughs> That's me. There you go. The dork is just, is just simply... Um, Simply enthusiastic, enthusiastic, and sometimes but, inappropriate. With and, <laughs> yes, there are there are sometimes the social skills can be a bit questionable, <laughs> a little bit awkward, maybe not taken the way it's intended. <laughs> and I myself have every one of those aspects in my own personality. I know that. My I, goodness, I, I, I lean towards dork. I have a, a lot of geekiness and a lot of nerdiness. Now, my question to Griffin is: Do do people in your you know in your circles do they still use words like geeks and nerds and dorks? Or is that mostly Gen X? Uh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, nerd, like, kind of ironically. Okay, you said nerd. Well, because there, there, there was a time when when, they, when you were called a nerd, it was an insult. When you were called a geek, it was yes. an insult. Um, called the dork. It was an insult. You know, what a dork. Well, you dorks know, are no, no. Still, it's still an insult. It's still a bit of an insult. <laughs> but, but again, we, we're claiming it because, you know, what a dork. You know, it's yeah. like there's a, we try to say there's an endearing part of it, too. Again, it's like, oh, you're a dork. You're dorky, but you're still, you know, cute or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we have come a long way because I remember having a conversation with Tom Savini at FangoCon a few years ba- back. And this all happened on camera. I have it on camera. He got really angry at me because I was ta- I referred to the folks. I go, oh, we've got a lot of horror geeks here. You know, geeks that people are very passionate about horror. And he goes, what are you, why are you calling them geeks? And he's like, he points to everybody around. Yeah, here, everybody, you hear that? He's calling you all geeks. Like I was in, insulting them. I don't know if he was really angry or it was a bit. Right. I still don't know to this day because he was one of those guys like, you know, where Fox, when someone's like, messing with you, but you can't tell if they're joking or not. Yeah. They could go either way. And they're enjoying it way too much. They're way too much. So so it, I, I think there was there's still some folks out there who view geek as a bit of an insult. Okay. All right. So you guys use it ironically, the word nerd. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't. I mean, I, I, people don't really use it in my like particular friend circle, I guess. Well, I think your friend, yeah, you're, you're, okay, your friend circle, they're, they're all these brilliant kids. Yeah. It's like you got, well, it's like it's a beautiful mind, but without the imaginary people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm expecting you all one day to like, yeah, we're saying, oh, mom, we were in the quad and we were just sitting around. I think uh, my bu- I, I sat down and sketched out cold fusion on a napkin. I think we I think we broke the, we broke the code. I got we've got it. What? And it's like man, eh, no biggie. Then we went to lunch. Griffin wants to push back, but he's not sure which of his friends are watching or listening. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, people. I don't think. 
I think people sometimes use it like, you know, you know oh, I'm a, you know, Batman nerd or whatever. I feel like I, I don't think people like that I know use it that much like that. Some yeah. people use it kind of like jokingly, like, oh, shut up, nerd. Like, right. Like to on tease. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, D- dweeb is the oh, other one. I don't really now. mean Remember like. Dweeb? That's from the 50s. I think, I think yeah. I like Twitter. People often like that I follow often use it like to mean like pedant or like, you know, like someone will be like, oh, well, actually, you know, like yeah. that kind of like less of like, oh, you like. Insulting the periodic yeah. table or whatever. <laughs> well, but it's also, it's also people more self-identify as whatever, as opposed yeah. to getting thrown that label at them. Well, at the University of Chicago, I'm guessing that, I mean, how have you found it? To, I mean, because we haven't really, and now I'm putting it in the place. Now you have to, like, answer publicly. No, one of the things that struck me when Griffin talked about being on campus as somebody who's from Chicago, going to school now with people from all over the world, is their attitudes towards Chicago. Is it getting a little bit better? Because I know that you mentioned there was, like, people who, you know, came with these ideas it was going to be dangerous and, you know, don't leave the campus. It's a really scary place. Are you still encountering that? I don't know. I mean, people, yeah, people have their preconceptions and stuff. I don't think that totally goes away. I think people who are, like, like first years have that more than other people. But I still think there's, like, a lot of, you know, people who have, like, anxieties about Chicago. Of like, I mean... I have and often like, Chicago. Yeah, but like, but like, kind of paranoid yeah. and like, or this belief that if they go outside after sundown in like the South Side, they'll be shot dead no, on the street. It's not. It's not I think it's, a lot of it is like fear of black people as well. But um, for me, it's Mothman. I'm afraid of well, a Mothman. Yeah. That's yeah, what, the, whatever happened to that? Uh, that is, was, he's still out there. No, he Mothman a, is out there. He's like Batman. Okay. He's part urban legend, part whatever. Well, he lives out like in like the, the suburbs, doesn't? Yeah. He? Now he's all over the place. So yeah, my fear is Mothman. Okay. For those who don't get yes, Mothman, Mothman, Mothman is we do have um, we do have again a lot of fo- folks who like getting into urban legend, and uh, the, I think it's a it's an a, it's an effort to make Mothman like Batman in in Chicago. Maybe they I don't know if they have Mothman in any other cities, but all I know is I ever hear they they talk about Mothman has been sighted on the south side. Mothman has been sighted here. And it is essentially like, you know, it's like if if Batman were real, how people would talk about Batman who kind of saw him or had brief encounters. And, you know, is Mothman a supernatural creature that roams the night? Is Mothman a a vigilante that is spurned by some great injustice that took place to him when he was a youth? Or she, you know, we don't know. Or is Mothman just, uh, you know, just uh, something that parents tell their kids to get them to behave like the boogeyman? All those sorts of things. I, I never did this, Griffin. No, never heard I about never, Mothman. I'd been more interesting if you. If if you I, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you'd scared me a little bit. Did I, I? Yeah, I didn't. My mom would do things like that. Like she would tell me that uh, I don't know if Abuelita is listening or not, but hi. like if she, uh, hi, if she uh, thought, you know, she would tell me a little, a little bird told me that you did something wrong or like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah she knows a lot of little birds. You, you had my mom in your life. She gave you scary yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, little birds. Oh my gosh, hands. I don't. Yeah, manita, manitas, manitas, manitas. No tengo manitas. They're broken. That's where uh, they're. Um, wow, that yeah. one sends me back. Do you remember that? I remember when I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. I used to remember. My parents didn't say that, but I know I had relatives who said that. My mom used to sing me this song about, and I can't sing it. But I, don't, I, I used to be able to say all the words, but it's about this little girl who becomes friends with a fish, and she wants the fish to come out of the water so they can play. But the fish is, if I leave the water, I will die. And like I was a four, I was like, why is the fish gonna die? Like, the fish like, can't breathe. I understand but the little that kid now. is so selfish. But then when I got older, I'm like, why didn't she just get like a bucket and carry? the fish around with and her. Or get in the I water for the a same. little bit. It's not the, not the same. same. 
You know? <laughs> I understand. Well, it's because little kids are dumb. It's like, you know, they don't understand. Wow. See, I didn't treat you like you were dumb. I, 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 you know, I remember a friend of mine accused me of indoctrinating Griffin, right, of of making him liberal or progressive or even more like more farther to the left. It's not my fault that Sarah Palin was shooting wolves or coyotes out of an, out of a helicopter. It was on the TV. Griffin got angry, and that's how he became a liberal or a progressive or a um, yes. Well, it, it didn't help that you made me swear an oath of allegiance to Brezhnev every night. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. I have two people in my house that are way funnier than I am. It's it's true. I mean, there is a, there is a I, it, there are days when I the laughs keep coming. Yeah, yep, they do. It's good stuff. Yes, but you know, but. Talk about indoctrinating your kids, though. I mean, let's let's be honest. How many of us grew up, like, let's say, in a religious family, but now we're no longer religious? Or our parents tried raising us a particular way, and, and we ended up, like, changing our minds afterwards? What a brilliant way to segue into religion in the Bible, because mm. uh, I have a very complicated uh, religious background. And I... And I yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so was that... I mean, when did it become apparent to you that... Uh, microphone. You can just hold it for a minute, you know, and I'll fix it later. Is that right? Um, when did it become apparent to you that I was I, I was questioning uh, the the existence of God? I don't know. Just, I don't recall. You don't recall. <laughs> he's on the stand. No, he knows. He knows the yes. exact day. He doesn't want to say it because well, he's like, I don't want to call you out, Mom. I remember struggling because we would have, you know, we would talk about Santa Claus and we would talk about the Easter Bunny and we would go to church. We, we would always go to uh, Steve's, you know, to the Catholic Church. I signed a, I did actually swear and sign a document that I would promise to raise you in the Catholic faith when I married your father. Yes. The, that uh, is excellent marketing, by the way. <laughs> the whole thing about becoming a godfather, I became, I became my niece's godfather. Godfather, and I went. To, I had to go to the class for that, and I had to promise mm-hmm. that I that if anything happened to my brother, I would raise his daughter as a Catholic. I told my I told my brother then, just letting you know, I'm happy to be um, her Godfather, but if anything happens, I am not raising her Catholic. Just so you know, I lied to that priest. I'm sorry. I said, mm, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> I stuck. To, I stuck. To, I stuck to my promise, uh, and I, I made sure that Griffin had an education in the Catholic Church in uh, at preschool and uh, through. Whatever the Saturday you know, school, Saturday school religious study, religious education. Yes, and, uh, and oh boy, that was money well spent. How much of that stuck? Griffin? I don't remember. Oh. I mean, I mean, like I, I, I understood it. I just, you know, thought Questions it was kind of, you know. Yeah. Well, there's just so many things in there that it's like even anybody be sit there and go, I, I don't understand why you guys do this. I just don't. Again, but back to the, the when I had to take that class to be mm-hmm. a, a, a Catholic godfather, I wanted to go to the parent. I did, and I told my my the, my daughter in law, my daughter in law, my sister in law, my my um husband, my brother's wife said, Elliot, please don't go to this class and start a fight with the priest. <laughs> and I went, I won't. I promise. I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to just bite my tongue the whole time because everyone who comes in and he, I mean, at first the priest was really cool. And I thought, oh, this is really, it's a really secular take on, on this. And it's like, it's like the whole, we're, we're pushing the Catholic church's community. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. But then he started getting into the theological aspects of it. We started kind of like needling at me. And then I just wanted to come out. I wanted to say, father, why is it that you, we have to call you father, whatever, when Jesus specifically said, call no one on earth, your father, because you're all brothers in Christ or brothers in, 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 in God. And I, 
it's like, oh, but I'm calling you father. Why? And then why is it that why is it that the, the Catholic Church says is that we need to pre, pray to Mary for things because she's a great intercessor, but. The Bible itself says you go. Jesus says, "I am the way and the life, and none come to the Father except through me." Why did you add this other thing? And it's not you know you sit there. I want you to go. Well, you, you know, we re- the reason we have the saints is because we we took the saints are actually the pagan gods that the pagans would worship, but we decided because we wanted pagans to come into our church, we like appropriated that and we flipped them out, and then we took you know the the goddess of, of fertility or whatever it was that people were, and we just made it Mary. Mary and we made it all the other the other interse- other saints that you prayed for for inter- pray to for intercession it's just a way to get people in on it and and you know if you said that I'd be like okay I, it's just you know again it's just a way to get people involved but no that's what God wants and what God believes but and, yeah and that's why I kind of want to have this conversation is that I love I, I love the what a lot of the teachings of Christ in body I'm not crazy about and when I talk about you know questioning whether or not God exists I believe that that's really kind of the part of being of, of searching for the meaning of life and for uh, why we're here and Christ's teaching is to talk about things rather than just be forced into or force other people to uh, accommodate their life to what your religion is I, yeah. I, I struggle with that yeah. and so when Griffin nodded that I had a, a complicated uh, religious upbringing. I was uh, I was uh, raised as a Mormon until I was ten years old, and so I, I think that that's a very uh, dramatic way to. And my last day I was a Mormon was a day I was baptized because if you're going to drown a girl, give her a heads up is all I'm saying. Because <laughs> uh, in the Mormon Church they baptize at least the way it was explained to me was at the age of reason, and apparently they thought I was reasonable at ten years old. I'm 51. I'm still not reasonable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So it's a, it, it was a, it just, and when I left that church and I, my friends were Lutheran, so I was like, oh, I'll try the Lutheran church. I had friends that were Catholic. I'd go to those churches too. And I, I think that, you know, just, I, I remember wishing when I was in college, I remember wishing I could just have blind faith. Like there are people who just have blind faith. They mm-hmm. just, it's what they were raised. It's what they believe. And, and, uh, and if Griffin questioned, I, I didn't, you know, I tried not to force, I didn't, I don't think I ever forced anything on no. you. No. And daddy didn't either. No. Yeah. So. Well, to me, I mean, I don't mind. Faith is one thing. Uh, blind faith is another. Exactly. Because because um, then that leads to. Uh, I I I, I want to say I I, I want to say this in in say in a way that I want folks who are listening to understand. I respect other people. I respect the faith of other folks. If yes. this is what you believe, yes. and this is what helps give your life meaning, and it helps gives gives you direction, and it helps you make the decisions that you need to make from day to day to be what you what you believe is a, be a good person. I, I respect that. I mean, um, but but the, I, I take issue with folks who use religion. In the opposite. It's not like, as you say, it's not to help them live their lives, but to tell you how to live yours. Right. Um, but, but but then, you know, we talk about blind faith. That's where you get to people who just accept things without any evidence because that's the way it is. And yeah. then that's those are the kinds of people who really fall prey to authoritarian figures and who like all you need is a particular a particular uh, type of leader to tell you this is the way it is because this is the way I see it. And you go, OK, well, they're the they're the one in charge. They know better than me. I used to have um, my pastor got, you know, God love him. And he was a very progressive pastor. Uh, but one time we, we had a conversation where he goes, he goes, well, the, the, the if you're a member of the church, the Bible says you're not supposed to question 
the the shepherd. You know, this is the sheep that you don't question him. He didn't, you know, he didn't. You didn't want to be questioned in certain areas of spirituality, which I, I understand now. But I was like, but but I, I'm saying, but if you're telling me to never question you, isn't that what Jim Jones followers lacked doing in Guyana, which? led to a lot of folks just going on faith saying, well, our pastor said do this. I mean, isn't that what leads to cults? You know, you never question. So, and don't get me wrong, it's not like my pastor was telling me terrible, terrible things that I think it was, I just think he got tired of just constantly being asked about that. It's like the kid going, well, what about this? What about that? He goes, just because just I said so. <laughs> and then it becomes locked in is how they approach in. it with their with their uh, their flock, I yeah. guess. But you have to, you, I think you always should question. And I think for, for your own good, because there comes a time where you need to reconcile um, what you're doing, what you believe with the world. And um, you can't, you can't, you know, you, you can't have blinders on all the time. And I know, um, again, and I would say back to Griffin, because uh, I know from the earliest times I've known you and you would talk about going to the, the classes and then you'd sit there and you'd talk about what, you know, the, your little bits back and forth with the teacher, whomever. Go, yep, uh-huh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's why. That's why to me, Catholicism is just. Well, that was one in particular. Uh, there were a couple, uh, and Steve. Huh, let me. See, Steve just messaged me about one of them. Uh-oh. Oh, no, the damnation of uh, suicide. Su- yes. Yeah, people who take their own lives. Be, it, it, and I can't remember how old you were when you. I think I was like eleven or so. Yeah. So you know, tell us. You can tell us. I don't. Um, Steve, your father was uh, addressed by yeah. the instructor that uh, you had questioned something during the classroom uh, teaching, which was. Uh, you know, if you destroy, if you take your own life, you're mm-hmm. destroying God's gift. And so essentially Griffin asked, well, then did God also gift them with mental illness? Yeah. And, and that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. So okay. why, why, why is someone being damned for eternity if they had mental illness? Or what if what if I, oh, I committed suicide by jumping on a hand grenade to save others? I, I'm destroying God's gift. I'm, I'm essentially killing myself. But but. But it was to save others. Does God now go, okay, that one's okay? You know, does he have a little checklist saying, well, it's okay if you commit suicide doing this or this or this? Well, I mean, Jesus, I guess, did that as well. Yeah, know. but that, there's, there's no a thing. No, but Jesus aspect. had an out. He had an out. Because he came back? He, he, he got to come back and he got to go home with his dad. I didn't get either of those. Now, that went really dark. <laughs> hey, we went to the Bible. Hold on. Before we, before we move on, let me get to Jim's phone call. Let's talk about the year, okay. uh, about the saints. Hey, Jim, what's okay. on your mind? Oh, hi. How are you? I just wanted to defend my Catholic faith. Uh, since I was a little boy, my grandma said, put yourself in the hands of the Blessed Mother. That was every day. Yeah. Every day we prayed to a different saint. St. Jude uh, for the impossible cases. St. Anthony, if you lost anything. And I had 16 years of Catholic education. and never was a Bible brother than a class. Never. Uh, I know if you wrote John's Apocalypse at the end of the Bible, you got a plenary indulgence for it. But uh, the 16th century turned everything around with uh, Martin Luther and Henry VIII. Henry VIII started the Anglican Church, the Anglo-Irish War. And uh, uh, Martin Luther gave these people license to use the Bible as a weapon. And... uh, 
Anyway, I guess defending the Catholic, uh, Catholic. Well, hold on, sir. With with uh, Martin Luther, and so Griffin and I have talked about this uh, infrequently, but once in a while about Martin Luther and the Ninety Nine Theses. Steve, even before Griffin was born, would tease me about Martin because I was I was Lutheran, I was confirmed Lutheran, uh, and uh, you know when he he wanted the things that I was taught because again I was indoctrinated in the Lutheran Church was that he wanted to remove sort of the mystery of you know between the the, the, the clergy and the the flock, right? He wanted the, he didn't want the sermons to be in Latin anymore and selling of indulgences. Huh? They were anti-papists. They were anti-papists just like the United States was for hundreds of years. They were anti-papists. The Catholics were uh, shunned by everybody because they were anti-papists. They, uh, Jack Kennedy, when he ran for president uh, yeah. Catholic. He had to say, no, he had to say that he could go down to the Protestant denomination and tell them that the Pope wasn't going to run his administration, and that are you going to eliminate 40 million Catholics that are baptized in the Catholic religion? And they didn't know what to say, and he won by a squeaker. But the point is, they've been anti papist since that, since Martin Luther and uh, Henry VIII in the, in the 16th century. And that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Anyway, you guys right. have a Merry Christmas Thanks. and thanks. Right. Merry Christmas, Jim. Merry thanks. Christmas. Again, I'm going to say this again. I uh, and Jim, I, again, I respect you that all the ways that you talk about the saints and I all that. Jim, I, by the way, yeah, I, 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 that's wonderful. I respect that. Heck, I like I like Saint Francis of Assisi, patron saint of animals. animals. I have I have a Saint Francis of Assisi in my backyard over my cat's memorial garden. So I am by no means slamming that. I'm just saying understand the origin of it and why it is. And again, if you use it in a way that it helps you live a fulfilled life and, and it gives you peace and, and gives you direction to by all means uh, uh, go with it well and that's the thing is and, and uh, why I thought I would you know I would explore this on Christmas Eve you know is that even the holiday of Christmas Eve the whole idea of Christmas was as you mentioned was a way to bring in people who were not Christians uh, taking the holidays of the of the winter time of the solstice and use it as a time to celebrate the birth of Christ even though this is not when he was born and yet it's become probably one of the most divisive holidays we have in our country. I know, it's cause of the right? War. Cause of, <laughs> cause of the war on Christmas. The, the war on Christmas. <laughs> I call it the insurgency on Thanksgiving. The insurgency. Cause it's like we've completely, we've mm-hmm. gone from, we go from, uh, wait, what's the last, what's Halloween. Halloween to Christmas? We don't even think about Thanksgiving anymore. Um, and we and has anyone already seen the Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day stuff that's mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. It's like Christmas isn't even over. We've moved on to Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I celebrate Christmas. I also, but I, I am in some ways more pagan about it. It's like, look, this is a, a special, it's a dead of winter. It's a special time to like, here's what I would love for you to have. These are the things mm-hmm. that I think will, will bring some light or some fun or something that you need in the, in the middle of a really cold time in Chicago. I mean, that's just the way I look mm-hmm. at it too. And it yeah. happens to be evolved around a religious it is and yes. and and you're right and and it is one that's i like the way you look at it and that's the way i wish everyone would look at it to well to a particular extent because let's be honest 
this is that time of year. I can't. I'm trying to think about the other. Uh, maybe, maybe not Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You know how many people lament going home for Thanksgiving because they're afraid of all the arguments they're going to have yeah. over the table, right? But Christmas. If there's anything that we've done in America with Christmas, is we've turned it into a time when there is no starker difference between the haves and the have-nots. That around Christmas, if you have a well-paying job and you can afford to buy gifts for your family and you can um, and you have a job where you can be off on Christmas and spend time traveling to be with family uh, and uh, let's just say, and and beyond that, you have family to spend time with. You, you You don't have irreconcilable differences with other family members where you just can't be around each other, right? Uh, Christmas reminds all those other folks who have none of those things that they don't have those things, which is really, to me, it's it's kind of sad because it should be a time, Christmas more than anything should be a time about community for everyone, everybody, yep. whether you have family or not, whether you have money or not, whether you have a job or you can be off on Christmas or not, it should be a time for everyone to feel that they are part of a greater community together, loved and respected. Um, and yet, it doesn't seem to fe- always feel that way. And I felt awful because, uh, you know, I would love to be able to do more this time of year. Like, even today at about uh, an hour before we were going to come over here, Griffin, a friend of mine who drives a CTA bus, uh, Louis Fontani is uh, always posting about the people he helps on his route and there's a, a homeless man who is only wearing uh, hospital scrubs doesn't have socks shoes on and, oh, I, and I have this I have this pack of socks that came somehow from Amazon like I didn't order them we don't know why I have them and I, I, I don't ha- I didn't have time to drive over because I mean here's here's a CTA bus driver and he does this all the time he has a uh, an adult that rides his bus that has it, it basically is like Declan when he gets older but can talk a little bit and uh, and and Louis he always comes up to Louis goes you broke and Louis gives him ten dollars every week, mm-hmm. and uh, so and he, all, what he does is he buys notebooks, and he just he keeps he just writes numbers down, and, and just has every week he just buys more notebooks and mm-hmm. pens to to write down the things that he sees in the world, mm-hmm. um, and that's I mean like Louis is the best example of he doesn't do it because he you know uh, anyone's telling him to or he feels he just it's just. And that's the kind of energy that I wish we had instead of Lauren Boebert at the turning point or whatever it's called, this conference, uh, prosthesizing. Am I saying that right? Prosthesizing. See? Thank you. Prosthesizing. Nope. Proselytizing. I'm not, not, not going to get it. Proselytizing. <laughs> <laughs> I committed to it. I said it really fast, that's hoping fine. I would have it. But acting like she's like a, you know, like she's a, a Joel Osteen, right? Uh, right? Televangical and, and oh, telling nice. people about, well, we're leading a crusade. And, but that's <sighs> but that's the thing is that there are people like her and Marjorie Taylor, Trader Green and all these people who are, are weaponizing religion and manipulating people to based on their false interpretation of the Bible to hate people, to target them, to cause violence and harm on people, right? I mean, like, that's that's where I have a lot. I struggle with religion a lot. Yeah. The, the irony being that if Jesus actually showed up at jo- Joel Osteen's church, he probably wouldn't let him in. <laughs> right? He's wearing, you know, homeless, he's like homeless cro- Middle Eastern like, dude walking around in sandals. In a, in a dress. Vice versa. Yeah. Huh? Jesus probably wouldn't let him in his house either. You See? imagine up in the sky, he probably wouldn't let him in there. There. He's pretty forgetting. Well, is it? I think, here's where I have is, thing. is Jesus really in the sky or is, his, or is heaven a quantum reality? Plan. Like of reality, like where the aliens from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came from. 
It's a good question. You know. Here's my question. Are either one of you prepared to help me sing happy birthday to uh, a listener? That's, uh, sure. Excellent. Sure. Uh, who sings better? Because I can't start. You You're going to love my version. Right. <laughs> I'm not singing well. <laughs> It's uh, it's for. Hold on, let me make sure I got the. I, I want to make sure I got the the right. This is a Mysterian, one of the fans from uh, Adam Selzer's uh, group that has thankfully joined us on Whiskey and a Cookie a lot on Friday nights and here on WCPT every day when we broadcast. It's Karen's birthday, everybody. Want to wish Karen a happy birthday on Christmas Eve. So who's gonna? You're gonna you have a, your own version. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Crazy Karen, happy birthday to you and many more. That was lovely. Happy birthday, Karen. Happy Hope birthday. you're having a lovely. That's got to be hard to have your birthday on Christmas Eve. Man, I'd be like, look, I want I two birthday gifts. I want so I want a Christmas <laughs> gift and I want a birthday gift. I have a buddy of mine, he actually got married on Christmas Eve. And I'm like, oh, I bet the wife really gets uppity about the anniversary gifts, too. She wants an anniversary gift and a Christmas gift. You can't combine them. Yeah, I wouldn't. My nephew was also born on Christmas Eve, so. Here's how bad I am with dates and Steve laughing that uh, I couldn't remember how long we've we were we've been together. Uh, we were great. Do you remember we were at Great America one time? And we, yes. we'd been there all day. We were packing up the car. And honestly, at the exact same moment, Steve and I, like, we just closed the doors and something. We looked across each other, uh, across the van, and we went, oh, my God, it's our anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I'm bad with dates anyway. Steve chose uh, the year 2000, so that I always know how long we, we've been married. Um, so we, it's when in the year 2000, uh, July 2nd. Okay, Steve, <laughs> I know you're listening. It's either second or first. Yeah, well, it's like first. Griffin, well, Griffin's birthday Which one's is the Canada problem. Day. It's the other one. It's the other one, right? Canada Day, I think, is July 1st. We couldn't get married, and it's, it was a Saturday that weekend. That's my birthday. Oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> Fair That's enough. Funny. See, and now I, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, let's take a break here. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation. We're in studio with Griffin, first year student at the Good University of Chicago. Keep saying that. My son Griffin is in the studio. I'm very excited to have him here. <laughs> Elliot Serrano, he is our chief geek officer. Uh, they can find your work on Amazon as well, too. The Grumpy Cat and yeah, Homie. I have, a, I have an homies. extensive Amazon authors page. If you go to Amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Elliot Serrano. That's two L's, two T's, two R's. You'll find all the books I've written. Excellent. And hi to Sarah, our, our mobile groomer. Hope that Marion's having a great holiday as well. Hi. <laughs> oh, we don't have news? Sorry about that. I, I think I accidentally, oh, I ran the news earlier. That's what that was. We don't, ah. Hi, everybody. We only had two minutes there. I'm back. Hi. No music or anything. Hold on. Let me see, Let me pull up some music because I got a couple seconds here. I had. I was going to play this earlier, and I think I can load the, oh, here it is. I got it. Stand by for a little holiday. Oh, no, not, not that one. Whew. Let me roll that down. Play that through. They asked me to make sure there wasn't a commercial playing on that. Hi, Elliot. How are you doing? I, I'm, I'm loving I, this behind-the-scenes look dove, of, of radio. I here. dove through the door. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's quiet. I was ready to pick up the mic and go, but I didn't want to, you know, step on anybody's toes here. Griffin and I are having a nice conversation about about uh, about the Pope Frank. Okay, okay, hold on a second. Let's. uh, I want to hear some Christmas music. All right, let me see if I have this. Here we go. Grandpa got oh no, not this. By a hybrid, walking through the Whole Foods parking lot. Dang, he said that engine sure is quiet. And that 
turned out to be his final thought. The driver did not see him coming till through the windshield Grandpa sailed. She said at first she thought what hit her was just a giant flying cursing bag of kale. Soon the whole town was a twitter with a cautionary tale. Speculating in a whisper should the driver or the car be sent to jail. Grandpa got run over by a hybrid walking through the Whole Foods parking lot. Dang, he said that engine sure is quiet as he dropped three jugs of soy milk that he just bought. The coroner said that Grandpa's arteries were squeaky clean. He went so far as to declare him the healthiest dead guy he'd ever seen. They interviewed my uncle Buddy on the local news at 10. He said, well, yeah, we're going to miss him, but that's the way he would have wanted to have went. Grandpa got run over by a hybrid Walking through the Whole Foods parking lot Dang, he said that engine sure is quiet Quiet as the hydroponic farm that he just bought Grandma said it was ironic As we laid him in his grave That is Steve Goody music. Well, it's not music by Steve Goody because believe it or not, Steve Goody and Brad Tassel. From, oh, hold on. Brad Tassel from their uh, Kvetchmas Carol. Uh, that they actually worked with the original uh, artist who wrote Grandma Got Hit Run Over by a Reindeer. Yeah. I remember that. That Larry Lujak played that all the time on WLS. Larry Lujak and... Stop nose, little Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> so that the the lyrics are by Steve Goody. The music is original. Uh, if you go to fump dot com, the uh, you can go to the fump dot com and uh, actually you can go to stevegoody.com and learn about, more about that. But the music is by Randy Brooks, and he's joined us on our virtual comedy show uh, when we do that every Thursday. But he's been there once in a while. It is it is a testament to why clean living just isn't worth it. I mean, you can sit there, eat <laughs> kale, exercise, run, whatever. You're just going to get run over by a hybrid, and you don't hear it coming because the engine's so quiet. So I might as well should have eaten that Twinkie when I wanted it. There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what were you talking about while I was out of studio? Oh, no. Well, there's a whole thing because, of course, after Jim commented about the Catholic faith, which again, which again I have tremendous respect for. Uh, we just started talking about the, the Pope and the ah. um, and and how let's 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 say for a moment here, if we want to take this as literal, although we really shouldn't, uh, but one of the tenets of the Catholic faith is that the Pope um, speaks is is the Pope because the Pope 
speaks directly to God. So when the Pope says something, mm-hmm. it's because God told them this. When he speaks ex cathedra. Yes. But the, that's the stuff when the Pope gets to come out and say, you know, this, this is, is what God says. You know, God told me this is what we need to do. You know, blah, blah, blah. So pretty much anything the Pope says, you know, if you're a Catholic, you're like, you listen to the Pope because he knows. Because God talks to him. God speaks directly to the Pope. And I've, you know, I would love to know how that works. Um, right. Do they hear, is it like a voice in their head? A voice in their head. Is it external? Is yeah. it, uh, is does it, it be in, a certain room? Inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They right. start writing things. Like they start, like the Pope, you know, starts talking to God. God starts talking to them. And then he just starts writing things on a piece of paper because, you know, that's what's happening. Da, da, da. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I doubt that's what it is. But um, uh, but the thing is that then if, if that's if that is the case and we want to hold true, and, and and Jim was saying that there were a lot of you know people hate you know the papacy. Well, there are a lot of Catholics right now who don't care for this pope. Oh, I know. know. I, I noticed that right away when uh, when he was in what, what do they call it? Uh, he was chosen, yes. right? And then he would come out with things about taking care of the poor, uh, like the pro-lifers were being too aggressive. You yep. know, don't talk about get the environment. Yeah, the yep. environment. The environment, like uh, the, what we're doing to the environment right now, qualifies as a mortal sin. Yes, mortal sin. That's bad. So he's basically saying, like a lot of these um, these oil companies and whatever those folks who are like you know strip mining and all that, they're committing mortal sins. And you would think that the moral might of the Catholic Church would be out there. Yeah. On the front lines of environmentalism, conservationism, all those things. Eh, it's not happening. No, because the GOP, the conservative party, to them, again, it is, it's party before everything else. Party before country, party before religion, party before family, or kindness, or dignity, respect, all those things. Party before the planet. Party before the planet. I always like, like when, I remember when they were doing this whole bit. When was this? It was a few years back in, in, um, in the House of Representatives where I think one of the... They were talking about the 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 carbon tax credits, the carbon exchange. You know, mm-hmm. when we were trying to get companies to cut back on carbon emissions, they could do it by exchanging carbon credits with others. Da da da. And one of the Republican um, one of the Republican uh, representatives went up with a picture of a kid and said, "This is little Sally." And the reason she looks so sad is because her father is out of a job because their the oil the 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 coal mine where they were working went out of business and she has no nothing to heat her home with and all that. and it like doing this bleak picture of this little girl is being affected by carbon tax credits fine if I were on the opposite side, I would have taken that exact same picture. Yeah. And I would have drawn a little squiggly line at the top of that picture signifying the water that Sally now lives under because <laughs> yeah. the coastal state she lives in is now flooded because we paid no attention to global climate change and the effects that it has on the weather and, and storms and floods and all that kind of thing. This short-sightedness where we, where we want to appeal to kids, or we want to appeal that to the parents saying, well, we need to look after our kids. Our kids are going to suffer if we do this. Right. And we, for, we just totally disregard that our kids are going to suffer when we're gone. You know, I mean, I don't have any kids. All right. 
I don't have to worry about how my kids are going to suffer. But and yet, I apparently seem to care more about the environment sometimes than some folks who actually do have kids. All the the, the quote unquote pro lifers, which are really forced birthers. And and the other thing is that the idea, you know, our kids are going to pay for this, right? Holding up this picture of this kid and it's we're putting it on them is complete crap. Because I, I've had this argument with people when it comes to services. Like when I went down to Springfield and was fighting for services for families who are, have an individual with a disability. I try. I tried appealing to the fine. Let's go fiscally, right? If if your concern really is about what your kids are going to pay for, if you invest now in helping people live independently, reach their potential, you save money later because you're not having to have them place an institution. You're going to save money by give, helping them be a part of the community and providing for themselves too. But the, you, it is complete crap that they you know are worried about what kids are going to pay for later or the price that they, it's going to be on their heads. Uh, if we don't do something now, it's just complete crap. The whole thing about tax, oh, we're just borrowing from our kids. You're not doing jack for the future of our kids. Yeah, we did that with the Iraq War, yeah. the Afghanistan War, Every time two Iraq yeah. Wars. It's like we put it on the credit card. No one said anything about that when it came to our uh, our kids. We were passing that down the down the line. The uh, the uh, the tax credits, the big tax credits that uh, Trump pushed through in his first year in office that the Republicans pushed through, they were supposed to pay for themselves. Did they? Has, has, has anyone seen, Griffin, did the ta- did Trump tax credits pay for themselves? Do you recall? No, they did not. Though, did, didn't they kind of like make things a little, didn't they balloon the deficit? Yes. Yeah, like way big. I mean, it's like, really? The, the, it seems like if, uh, if people have very short, okay, how about right now? We, 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 we're so caught up in, what was it? This is the, the meme that I've seen going around among conservative circles. All this, all these weapons and all this military support we're giving to the Ukraine right now against the Russians. We're sending $80 billion worth of tanks and guns to the, to the Ukrainians. Why aren't we supporting the home, using that to support people here in America? Okay. Hey. How about that? Let's yes. let's take that eighty billion and support people here. No, that's socialism. When you actually decide, <laughs> when you actually decide to use it, it seems to be Republicans hate Americans. They hate America. They hate having money help American people. Why is that? Why is it that? Uh, well, Joe Biden, under Biden, the price of gas has gone up like you wouldn't believe. It's because of the president's um, uh, policies. That's why we have inflation. And yet, if the president of the United States tried to come out and control the price of gas or control the price of what? Uh, prescription drugs? That's socialism. Yeah. Oh, come on. You know, it's a, it's just a, 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 a ridiculous. After a while, my guys, you realize that that argument, you're you're. No, you don't even believe it. I know even the folks yes. at top who make those arguments believe it. They want to have us on the bottom, at the mid and bottom. They want us arguing about it at our dinner tables. That's what they want. Well, and the fleeing around the words socialism. I remember when that started, uh, I started seeing, you know, commies and pinkos and all this stuff about a decade ago. And, and look, it's, it's, it's popped up every once in a while. And, and when you ask them, will you hate capitalism? I remember when I ran for office, there's that, that writer for the neighborhood newspaper who asked every candidate that was there for the appointment. They asked if we had voted for Bernie or Hillary or whatever, right? And, uh, and I gave my answer and 
I said Hillary, and they were like, oh, so you're a capitalist, right? And I was like, well, I believe, I, I think I used the line from um, Martin Luther King Jr. about, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have welfare for the, for the wealthy and capitalism for the poor, right? Yes. Yep. And that, and that idea that uh, we have a corrupt capitalist system. So I don't, I don't know how, you know, the amount of money that executives make has gone up so high. A couple of years ago, it was only like 200, only 230 times what workers were making. Now it's up to 400, 500 times. This is not sustainable. This is not a way in which we can ever narrow uh, that gap. Patty, Patty, Patty. If we're we introduce socialism, if we introduce socialism, we're going to have bread it's lines. We're going to have. Don't you know what's going on in 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 Brazil? Don't you know what's going on in those socialist states where people are starving and they don't have any food? Oh, wait a minute. Has you ever seen a food pantry in the good old United States of America? We have bread lines here, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like capitalism is this perfect uh, 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 mechanism for, uh, in society where everyone's cared for. It's let's be honest. It, it's for it again, like Christmas. Divides you into haves <laughs> and have nots. Hey, Griffin, how, how's that for a callback? Was that yeah, good? good? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Are you enjoying us watching us rant? Did yeah. I add anything? No, it's okay. <laughs> I have nothing to add to this conversation whatsoever. My mom, is, yeah, mom and Elliot are yelling about something. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here, like, let's even talk about uh, where the tax rates were uh, during World War II, and they imposed like, like a uh, they imposed a f- not a fee, but people who were profit profiting off of wartime materials, whether it was weapons or goods. The you know the, our government. It, we got was able to reclaim some of that, and we're not doing that during the pandemic. The in, outrageous profits that have been made by companies, we're not allowed to ever even question how they're price gouging. They're a big driving force behind inflation. No, it's just the president who uh, was making gas higher prices because we're helping Ukraine. We're not getting gas from Russia. It's like it's insane. I mean, there's no logic to it. I'm not even able to articulate how crazy it is. Yeah, just so you know, those. Weapons that we send to Ukraine, those were already paid for. That's yeah. stuff that's that stuff that's sitting around in a warehouse, not being used. So we sit there and go, okay, well, let's you know, let's it's just sitting there. Let's give it to them. They can use it, you know. And it always amazes me. It well amuses amuses me that the Ukraine is being able to hold up pretty well against Russia because we're we're giving them state of the art weaponry that that the Russians are having a hard time handling and because we want to make sure that uh, we're able to kick everybody's butt on the country. I think the only other country in the world who has anything that approaches our type of technology would probably be Saudi Arabia because, again, we're giving them all the, you know, the advanced weapons and planes and stuff like that. But they're really small and they're not causing it. They're not fighting anybody. If anything, they want everybody else to fight their, you know, wars for them, even though they have, like, really well fed and trained troops and they've got a, a nice fleet of planes and we're always sending them the new stuff you know and how many how many billions of dollars did the trump um that the defense co- the contract that we have with saudi arabia to send them our, all more of our new stuff it's like it just drives me nuts uh and then but no but uh we can't use that for we have to Think of the veterans. And, all right, okay, let's think yes. about veterans right now. Absolutely. Hey, why, why, why is it so hard to build affordable housing for veterans right now? Why? Because no one wants it in their neighborhood. 
It's, a, it's just going to bring all the, uh, you know, the drug dealers sitting on their grandma's couch. It's not even going to be the veterans. They're going to give it over to the, the thugs that uh, are going to come from. Yep, that's that's why we can't do that either. I mean, uh, just it's a bit, again, and it's Christmas, folks. Isn't this a time of year where we should be thinking about this? You know. Mm, by the way, I did not know that, that earlier this year, uh, Bernie Sanders introduced legislation to reinstate the World War II windfall profit tax to combat rising inequality, inflation, and cor- corporate profiteering. They have the the ta- upper tax rate at ninety five percent in order. To to pr- uh, prevent people from gaining wealth during or like over over earning during World War II. Then you're going to have people who are going to get angry about that. They're going to go, no, no, no. The, you shouldn't ask the companies to pay those taxes because they're already paying the taxes in payroll. I'm like, OK, you, you, you realize that the payroll tax is separate from the company's tax and that that the, the pro again, you look at the fact that nobody is suffering as far as corporations go, as far as um, profits go. You know, com- oil companies. I mean, no, I'm going to sound. I'm going to. This is the most capitalist you're going to hear me right now. I will. I will. Con- I will. Uh, I will concede that oil companies took a bad hit over COVID. Remember when when no one was driving, no one, everyone was locked down, everyone was staying home, and co- the, these oil companies had to actually pay. Uh, docks to let them have boats full of uh, petrol, you know, petroleum sitting at docks. Remember, they just had to let these boats float throughout the ocean for how long it was, like almost a year, because there was nowhere to send this, send this oil, send this crude and process it and do whatever. So they, they took a hit. They lost money. I'll give them that. But man, they have more than made that up. Oh, I believe you know, so. Within yeah. the past a year or two. So it's kind of like, come on, guys. We know you had your, you know, we know you took a hit for a while, but we think you've made it up. Let's start being fair to everyone here. I mean, uh, I'll even look at, you know, um, uh, what's going on in entertainment right now. I you look at like HBO Max and 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 Disney Plus and all these big entertainment companies who are slashing costs, you know, slashing jobs left and right, cutting people loose, doing all these things. Why? Because eh, they're only making one point nine billion in profit this year, as opposed to the two point five that they were expecting. It's like after a while, it becomes obscene. You know, how much profit do you need to make to justify it? I've always wondered that. How much is enough? I've, oh, I, I just don't understand. We don't need more billionaires. We barely need more millionaires. I mean, it'd be nice to be a millionaire. I'll be honest with you. At this point, we almost have to, considering how much things cost these days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you and I, you own a home, and you look around, and you're like, how do I even How do I even make a move? Can, the market's all over the place yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, but we, we certainly, but, you know, home ownership, and actually, I can bring this to, to uh, Christmas, and it's a wonderful life. My favorite scene is, mm-hmm. is not all the stuff that happens at the end, and he realizes, and it's great. I love the, the the moral of that story. My favorite scene is when there's a run on the banks and everyone is demanding their money. They want their they want to take their money out of the savings and loan. And Jimmy Stewart's like, I, I we don't have it here. It's in his home. It's in that business. It's in the, like all, your money is in. A, it's an investment in the community that I, I can get it for you eventually. But right now, this is we are making homes affordable for the working people of our community. That's my favorite scene in that movie. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. That was socialism. 
It's not socialism. It is. It's is taking. It? It's taking. The, it's redistribution of wealth. That's what it is. Is it? Is it? Is it? It's not socialism. Well, I mean, it's not redistributing wealth. I know that's. Uh, that's, that's what, what they would say. Aid. That's what people oh, will say. Yeah, that's oh, what people yeah. will say. <laughs> Again, it's funny because Frank Capra like hated Roosevelt. I'm sure. But he made like yeah. a very left wing film, yeah. even though he was Republican. Yeah, but no, that's but that's also well, socialism. And but he when made you several. Think, when you think. He took all of old yeah. man. Well, that money would have gone to old man Potter. Okay, it would have been in Potter's money. But but then uh, George Bailey was redistributing redistributing <laughs> the wealth redistributing of, of Bedford Falls. He was reallocating it temporarily, yeah. situationally. I know, but but that's socialism. <laughs> Also, and that's the, uh, maybe in the next segment we'll talk about woke we're, and anti woke. I've got things to say about that. Excellent. I, we're not. We're, we're going to keep going. There's different breaks on the weekends, by the way. So oh, wow. we go all the way to forty right now. Holy moly! Really? Yeah. I, just I keep, keep looking at. I keep looking nope. at the clock. Forget going, about wait. the clock. Forget about it. I was like, it. Going, wait. Don't we have a break coming up? Forget, no, we don't. Forget about it. Okay. Forget about the clock. Hold on. Yes. Griffin, tell me what's woke. What does it mean to be woke? What's woke. As the accepted standard definition, what we, what do you understand woke as being? Is it like how conservatives use it, or yes, well, like anyone who I don't know, like I mean, I guess there's a lot of definitions that they can kind of like use, like you can have the definition that they give, um, whether they use it in practice, which is very broad, and then the way they'll use it like narrowly. It's the same with like critical race theory, but like you know, there's like a tweet I don't remember some like conservative influencer was tweeting like no more no woke Santa this year, and it's just like him with like his kids and a mall Santa. And it's like, I guess the implication is that it, like the Santa's white and so it's not woke. So sometimes I think it often just means like not, you know, black people or not gay people. Thank you. So it's like anything that's outside of the accepted norm for conservatives. So yeah, it's like if it's a if it's a black Santa. Oh, remember remember uh, how oh. Megyn Kelly went off on the black Santa on oh, Fox yeah. back then. How can you have a black Santa? And and, and anything anything that's outside the conservative norm is woke. Any sort of and I, here's the way I look at it. To me, any representation anywhere. Outside of what conservatives consider the norm is considered woke. And um, conservatives will talk about, um, well, uh, the Buzz Lightyear movie, the yes, one that the, starts with Chris Evans. Kiss. Because, yes, because there was a lesbian couple in this, although it was the most understated lesbian couple I'd ever seen in film. And it's like, oh, oh, no, they're together. Oh, that's nice. That's a really nice little thing. But so many people blame the movie Buzz Lightyear, the movie bombing, because it had a lesbian couple in it. Okay. Um, whenever anything happens that is outside of what conservatives accept, it's woke. Um, any sort of representation outside of, again, the white majority is considered woke. You ever watch the show Yellowstone? I don't know if you've ever seen Yellowstone. No. no. So Yellowstone is about um, Kevin Costner is a cattle rancher he owns the 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 dutton ranch in yellowstone it's in montana and it's kind of like um the sopranos but with cattle ranchers mm -hmm. and if people if you watch um i know a lot of folks watch yellowstone it's like the most popular show on television right now like on cable and streaming because so many people watch the show and if you know when you watch it it's very dallas it's like very primetime soap opera and there was a time going around where there was a conservative writer who's saying this is the most anti-woke show. And the reason it's so popular is because it's anti-woke. You want to know why that made me laugh? Why? 
Uh, there is a whole subplot about one of the Dutton sons being married to a, a woman who lives on an Indian reservation, mm-hmm. and she talks about Christopher Columbus and the genocide when he came to America. She talks about the treatment of uh, Native Americans on reservations. Uh, all the things that they don't want you talking about, essentially, that conservatives say, oh, well, that's, again, we'll talk again about the quote, quote unquote, critical race theory, where we want to uh, acknowledge the, um, the history of what's happened in this in America when it comes to the treatment of, of African Americans and Native Americans, and so on. It's all addressed in Yellowstone. It's all there, and they're going. How is this show anti woke? This is probably one of the wokest shows I've ever seen starring white people, and yet uh, the conservatives want to get on the bandwagon about this one, which makes me go. They don't know what woke means anymore. They don't understand. To now, woke means it's just I don't like it, so it's woke. It's got an agenda. It's very so Yes, incredibly malleable. To me, woke means it's got an agenda that I don't agree with. So now you have, but again, to me, if you look at a show like Yellowstone, that thing definitely has an agenda. It's, it, it is a really progressive agenda, if you ask me. I'm telling you. And it's about characters I can't stand. I think also, it's often like about like just it has like a masculine white character and they think it's anti-woke. Yeah, but there's also like it. an incredibly, well, there's an incredibly, uh, uh, strong feet. The, the, right, the daughter is very. Oh my God, she is. She well, I think is a, a lot of it is like aesthetic when they when it comes to like media. Yes, like, when they use it to like talk about like television or movies, I think a lot of it is just like the aesthetic. Yeah, and not actually any substantive thing. And what? also things that they haven't. Uh, they'll call it. It's a. It's woke, but they haven't actually watched it, so they don't know what's actually yeah. being re- represented. And from what I remember about the origin, or at least when it became amplified, was during the the protests in Ferguson, Missouri. After the uh, uh, murder of uh, of a black man by a police officer, well, it was like well, I, think, I think like but, woke kind of blew up like more recently. I think, but I think the right is blowing it up as a as a uh, disdained sort of uh, moniker for, yeah. for I mean, liberals. Woke has always been. It's like what? Stay woke. We used to say stay that. Wo- if, stay woke meant be a, stay aware. Stay, stay aware. Engaged, exactly was what they were meaning back yes. in Ferguson and Missouri. Yes, uh, and so that was why. Like, it, don't, it, right. yeah. don't fall asleep. Yeah, and it's like, again, it's like stay aware of this. Don't this fall asleep happening. on the government too, which is what the thing that really cracks me up is that. This was a time when you could have had people on both sides kind of like coming together on things. You know, people on, there are people on the left who are very critical and suspicious of the government, just like their people are on the right, very critical and suspicious of the government. Was it Ammon Bundy, one of the, um, the Bundy ranchers, even came out in support of one of, uh, one of the Black Lives Matter movements. He, he said, he goes, it's not that I, it's not that I, I, I take it back, not that he supported them, but he went, I can see what they're, he goes, I can understand what they're, what, what they're getting at. Because he's the same way. He's like, I don't want the government telling me what I can do with my land, my property. This is my property. Just like people who are part of the Black Lives Movement, they're tired of being oppressed by a police state. It's the same. It's like same thing. Two different sides of the of the spectrum, you know. And it's it, the fact that we can't bring it together. And then you have folks on the right who don't want any sort of of empathy or reflection that they had to co-opt the "my body, my choice" uh, 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 phrase when it came to I don't want to get vaccinated. You don't. You can't make me wear a mask and blah blah blah. You know, when it was when how many times were we saying this about being anti-choice? Right. You know, I mean, oh, no. Well, we're now we're saying my body, my choice. You know what? Uh, and, and don't get me wrong. That, that also can call out hypocrisy on both sides, too. 
Right. You know, the, sure. the left can the left is, has shown a bit of hypocrisy. I see a bit of hypocrisy myself. Actually, more so these days on the left than on the right. The right is like it's all hypocrisy. Well, they're all though. they're all in lock, lockstep with each other. Yeah. Right. Whereas, and by the way, uh, you know, our friend Scott Santis, and not to talk about him out of turn when he can't defend himself, I messaged him this morning because uh, he considers himself to be now a conservative libertarian. <laughs> Which he so he's not even he doesn't he has he knows how I feel about libertarians yeah, well, here, I, I, my disdain. But for here, here's a tweet from the Libertarian uh, Party of New, New Hampshire. Of New Hampshire, yeah. did, I, did we already talk about this today? No, but they're the craziest branch. Of well, the, listen to this: If Republicans actually wanted to destroy democracy, we'd support them. Oh, the yeah. only party in America that wants to destroy democracy is the Libertarian Party. If you want to end voting, vote Libertarian. What the what? So I, I sent him that right away when I, my, I opened my. I should not scroll when I wake up. What's their reply? They replied about something because they don't because well, democracy implies like a, a, a state, right? So they say. So someone asked what replaces it, and their response immediately was private government, mm-hmm. dispute resolution organizations, voluntary community, anarcho capitalism, Nazikian meta utopia, Nazi. Can I s- yeah, <laughs> he's like my mom's reading all the words wrong here, Griffin. You take. <laughs> There he is. Yeah. Oh, like no chick. Yeah, he's. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So that that's their solution. And so, uh, and here's the thing: because the Republican Party, Republicans are in search of if they can't fall in lockstep with the likes of Trump and DeSantis and uh, Marjorie Trader Green and Lauren Boebert and Gates Gates and Holly. I mean, all these people, they're in search of something else. And people like Scott are going to the the Libertarian Party, which is ridiculous. Uh, anyone who really wants to see what what happens when you engage in libertarian um, ideology, just look up Google the Freetown. Oh. Yes, the Freetown Project. The Freetown Project, which is that's what we'll get if you have a libertarian. With the bears, yes, the bears. The guys are just angry about having to pay to deal with bears, so they wanted to get rid of all the. Fees and the government and all the, all the regulation, everything. Just Google Freetown Project. It is hilarious. I want to write an HBO or a Netflix miniseries based on the Freetown Project. Is it, is it a fictional story? Or no, no, it's a true it's life. Real. It's real. They really this got is, overrun with bears because they were like, let's not really have a government. And you actually need one. Yes. <laughs> it turns out. This was in, um, sorry, it, it was in, in the it's East funny. Coast. Uh, yes. There's a lot of bears around, which um, is good for them. But, so it works for bears, I guess. Oh, the brand, bears loved it. They were like, oh, shit. This, look at them. Free They're, for all. Yeah. Um, but the book is it's also, it's also a small town in New Hampshire. And there was a book called A Libertarian Walks Into a Bear. It's a, <laughs> but again, lo- look it up. Look up the Freetown Project. That'll tell you. It gets, so that's why I love Scott. He's like, he's like a brother. Brother to me, he and I don't always agree, but I still love him because he's a good person at he heart. Is. That's why I don't get it. But then, but when he says he's a libertarian, I, I literally laugh. I have literally laughed in his face about that whole thing. I've yeah. been in a room with him when he said I was a libertarian. I laughed. I go, dude, really? You know what you get from libertarianism? Okay, the, the, the meme goes around, right? This meme has gone around. If you want socialism, you get Star Trek: The Next Generation. If you want um, libertarianism, you get Mad Max. Okay, so. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. You know, or like in Britain, where they decided to like cut taxes. Like if you like, it's kind of funny because you have like the Venezuela like socialism. What about Venezuela? But now you can kind of say what about Britain? Because like just a few months ago, when Liz Truss decided, oh, let's cut taxes without having any way of like funding that, and it caused the pound to crash and to, to be equal to the dollar for the first time in decades. 
So like it's which, just in which, October. Which I did not um, argue against because it helped me buy my Indiana Jones uh, jacket from the, the the company in Great Britain for well, yeah, a lot it's good cheaper. For us. Yeah. yeah, I know. I was, I, believe me, ticket prices at Edinburgh because I've, I've been wanting to take the family to Scotland was at like it was like at five hundred and fifty dollars a ticket yeah. to go there because they were like, yes, come and spend your money here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, communism is Logan's run. Just so you know, communism is okay. Logan's Run. If anyone who's ever seen Logan's Run, that that's kind of be like Khmer Rouge, probably. So I'm like, okay, yeah. And then um, I forgot what the last one was. Anywho, um, it, it, I, those are the, those ideologies to the extreme. I think what what just cracks me up is that you have all these people who reap all the benefits of having a society that follows rules and a government that looks after them are the first ones to say, "I don't need this." Yeah. Yeah. And the moment you take it away, they're like, oh, but, but my privilege. I mean, they're not saying that, but that's essentially what they're saying. I mean, again, you talk about Martin Luther King and, and corporate welfare. We, without blinking an eye, give so much money to corporations every oh. year. Billions of dollars. Just based on the fact that we won't pay people a wage in which they can take care of themselves, their yeah. families, and not be on uh, SNAP or mm-hmm. on Medicaid and Medicare and all the state programs, mm-hmm. we are subsidize, subsidizing Walmart and McDonald's and uh, all of those companies on top of all the tax breaks that we give them. Everyone's complaining about Boeing and Caterpillar leaving Illinois. And I, I don't understand why we don't have legislation when we give these companies these tax breaks to lure them into our states. And, and, and like Fox, Foxconn in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, right? Same yeah, thing. Was, they put the con in that. <laughs> right? Is it how do we not have it built into that deal that if you pull up stakes or you don't hold up your end of the bargain, deals off. You 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 owe taxes on this. Mm-hmm. You hold up your end of the bargain. How is it never contractual? Look at the bears, right? Now the bears want to pull up. We spent hundreds of millions of dollars on this ugly stadium. And now they want to go to Arlington Heights, and now they want and they want Arlington Heights to pay for it. What what is happening? Uh, it's again corporate welfare. Although I will say this, it, it amazes me. Again, you have people who get angry at they don't. Okay, not they don't get angry. They don't get angry at the exorbitant amounts of money that professional sports teams pay, and they're going like the Cubs just signed that new shortstop, right? I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's going to be a great player. I'm a Cubs fan, okay, to an extent. Um, not as ba- ra- ra- rabid as before because of a lot of the baloney that the Ricketts did, you know, over the past few years. Um, but they're, they're paying this kid like 230, well, that's $180 million, something like that over how many years? And I'm going, wow. And yet somehow we don't have the money to pay teachers, can you imagine the number of how, the number of teachers this could pay? I mean that, that every year, every year we have to have a strike because teachers aren't you know their their contracts are getting violated with with um, the conditions that they're being forced to work under class sizes, um, you know uh, 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 again pay insurance you know they they yeah they got more money they got more money in their last contract but they were also asked to pay more for their insurance which pretty much undid you know the the, the supposed raise that they got and yet we and then they're like oh well teachers just got to you know they got to deal with it you know it's just that's the that's the job you picked and that now why we have a des- we have a uh, we are desperately looking for teachers now just to to work in our schools we we have a sh- teacher shortage right 
But then no one bats an eye when one guy, one player who only plays, what, three, four months out of year? I forgot how long a baseball season. Maybe yeah. four, four months a year is getting paid ridiculous sums of money. And again, I do not begrudge him that. That's, again, that's capitalism. The guy is doing something that not everybody can do. Uh, being a baseball, being an athlete. Something, is, same thing can be yeah. said about teachers. They do something I can't do. Yeah. And, and, Most and can't are, do. are really the really good teachers. Yeah. You know, you want really good teachers. If you want really good teachers to teach your kids and get your kids ready for society. And then add to that, you want them to be able to go into situations where, let's be honest, um, and this is, I speak myself as a kind of a, a former teacher myself. You had a lot of parents that wanted your teachers to be parents too. Yes. There's, there's a lot of parenting they want you to do in that classroom. And, and, the and teach- social work and nursing because exactly. they're not assigning that kind of support that teachers yep. need. So, but we don't want to pay them something that's a, a salary that's commensurate. Am I commensurate? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I had to, I had to again check with you. Got a, you guys. You, you get a yes every time. I get a uh, proselytizing. The word is proselytizing. We got it right this time. Thank but you. there, you did it. Right? You were even trying to use it. Just boom, came right out. <laughs> but something that's that's really what they're entitled. I say entitled to. Teachers are our most valuable resource. The fact that we will demonize them in media. Every. I mean. I feel so bad for teachers every time they have a strike and then you have all these parents who complain about the teachers. You know, why are they doing this now? Why can't they just, you know, negotiate at this point and that point? Well, they're doing this now because that's the only time anyone pays attention to them. You know, the reason they go on strike when it's going to be the most inconvenient and the cause the most pain to, you know, people with kids is because otherwise you're not going to pay attention to them. And the fact that they have to do that, that we don't always support our teachers and go, no, this is what they should get, you know, it's just, it just, it boggles my mind. Our priorities as, as, a, as a country, as a, as a quote unquote capitalist nation just shows that we're, it just, it's, it's backwards. It's completely backwards. By the way, I want to go back to, uh, and I agree with everything. And, and beyond that, what CTU is fighting for uh, was also included supporting families and kids because we have 20,000 kids in the in CPS that are housing vulnerable, food vulnerable. And they wanted that to be part of what they were working on. They also wanted social workers in the schools and the nurses in the schools. And they have yet to receive the full the uh, benefit to that promise. Um, and, and I also was talking about this yesterday. Uh, Griffin, do you remember, because I, I don't think we ever learned anything, do you do you remember anywhere along the way since kindergarten where there was any time spent on, like, conflict resolution or, like, trying to be self-aware of how you feel in a moment? Do you ever remember anything? Not about, like, dedicated lessons, but, I mean, there's, there's emotional support, I think, for students because I think that uh, and we often talk about what what we what's considered a uh, cu- curriculum that's necessary right there was a passage of legislation uh, to learn LGBTQ plus history right we talk about some what, what should be part what history should be taught and things like that I I want to know if we have a way to have any say in what teachers are learning so that they can help with conflict resolution I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in a lot of communities is and why we have you know a, an uptick in violence is kids aren't taught to like, you know, here's why you're feeling this way, to be aware, why am I feeling angry? Why do I want to hit this person? Why do I want to get revenge on this person? Why do I feel jealous, right? Like, just even that, like, breathing, like, even 15 minutes a day dedicated to self-awareness. Social, emotional learning. Yeah. I know, actually, there's there's an organization that we partner with, the Communities and Schools, that they promote that. 
They yeah. could, they could do, but it, they need a lot more. It needs you to be need part a of the lot curriculum. more of that. Yeah, social I, emotional learning and, and yeah, conflict resolution, self awareness, learning impulse control. Yes, I would make that joke a lot of times with the preschoolers because I'd be with a kid and then it'd be like one kid would jump up and go ah, da, 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 do something because that's what kids do. And um, I'd go, you, my friend, need to learn impulse control. Well, the kid doesn't understand. They don't sure. know what the words are. But the teachers sit there and they chuckle because, oh, yeah, that's something well, we're working with. Well, the way I because I have, I I know it's hard to believe, have sometimes impulse control issues. And uh, and when I was a kid, it was punishment. It was uh, being you know taken out of the classroom and I had to sit in the hallway or sit in the corner and stare at the corner. And the, like, I had one teacher that made me, st- he goes, tell me when the, that crack in the wall moves was his punishment for me for talking too much in class or whatever. And that's, but that doesn't teach me. It just teaches me that I'm a bad person, mm-hmm. not how to better behave next time. Mm-hmm. Like not doing it, say, tell it, saying don't do that isn't teaching someone impulse control. Yeah. I remind you over to, over the years because my my background was in early childhood development. There are a lot of kids that. You know, sitting put, sitting them in a chair and having them stare at the wall is not going to. Yes, you say it's not going to teach them anything. It's, it's not going to help their I development. Got, I remember getting yeah. mad. Yeah, yeah. And there was a there was a severe. There was, it just went to show the lack of of knowledge about the development of young children. Because a lot of times when you have kids that have impulse issues, it's because there's a lot going on. I mean, I'll sit there and I'll go. Uh, there was one time I remember I was with a bunch of kids and they were really, they were like having a bit of a, a time getting together. And I asked, okay, everybody tell me, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I swear it's like everybody had a sugary breakfast that day. <laughs> oh, yeah? Everyone had Captain Crunch yeah. and pancakes with syrup and no, no, no. I'm like, well, there you go. Those, those parents, they loaded their kids up with sugar and they sent them off to school. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's the thing too. Is, yeah, nutrition. Let's let's take a break here. We're hanging out. It's the big picture. Edwin Eisendrath show. I'm Patty Vasquez filling in for him today. Hope he's having a lovely holiday. In studio, we have our cheek 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 geek. Chief. Cheeky. I'm the cheeky, cheeky geek. I like Chief. that. The cheeky, cheeky geek. geek. Ooh, I like I like that too. The yeah. cheeky geek, chief geek officer, Elliot Serrano. Uh, he's also a, a writer. You can find his work on Amazon, Grumpy Cat series, uh, Homies comic books, and uh, the Evil Dead. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. The Army I of pol- Darkness. I pol- I pol- Oh, same, same, all, all together. Same and my thing. and my son Griffin joins us in studio. We have we continue our conversation. We come back. If you want to join the conversation, I'll, I, the phone lines are open seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Let's take a break here. We'll come back in just a moment and uh, continue. To the big picture with Edwin Eisendraft on WCPT eight twenty. That you can really only sing them in December, and we wanted to have a carol that we could sing anytime. Have a very merry Thursday. It's a special time of week. Okay, wrong song. <laughs> That's the intro song to our uh, the very the virtual comedy show that we do every Thursday. That's Steve Goody and Bradley Tassel. I thought that uh, let's see, we got we already did the uh, hybrid one. There's also a um, they also have uh, the reindeer named Mendel. Uh, <laughs> you know Dasher and Prant, but have you heard of the least famous reindeer Mendel. of all? Mendel. Mendelbaum. 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 <laughs> That's pretty much it. Hold did, on a second. By the way, did 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 everyone did everyone have a good festivus this week? Did you have a good festivus? Uh, did we have a good festivus, Griffin? Would you say? I think we, we didn't air very many grievances. I don't think. <laughs> did you air grievances? <laughs> no. How how did the te- the feats of strength go for you this year? Not well. Not well. No. Yeah, my, my dog won. It was the who can move who, and she moved me for sure. Yep. Here, here's a here's the reindeer Mendel. Hold on a second. Jewish reindeer song. So you think you've heard them all, 
every Christmas song, every Yuletide carol that has ever come along. That's not quite true. We present one more to you. Reported for work on the 24th, the night of December. Mendel had come all the way from New York, clutching an overnight letter, saying Dasher was sick and a desperate Saint Nick needed somebody healthy instead. But Santa didn't hire Mendel, he took a reindeer named Fred. Mendel, 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 Mendel. Mendel, 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 Mendel. What do you know about Christmas anyway? What do you know? Oy vey. Mendel said, Santa Claus, why'd you reject me so blatantly, anti-Semitically? But Santa said, Mendel, that's simply not true. Just look around here, we're all Jewish too. You know Herschel and Harry and Larry and Tavia. Lenny and Izzy and Yanko and Edna. Jewish reindeer, one and all, each one of them is. They just change their Hebrew names to make it in showbiz. Even Rudolph? He's ho 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 Hindu. Mendelau, Mendelau, won't you please leave? Who else would want to work for me every Christmas Eve? Ho 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 ho. Mendel, Mendel, would you be mollified if I said you're overqualified? Maybe you'd be better suited for a desk job. Ho ho ho. What do you say? Okay. Mendel the reindeer reported for work on the 26th day of December. December. Sorting complaints from the bad boys and girls who got socks instead of Nintendo. Nintendo. And Dasher got well and Fred went back to Jersey to his job at the agnostic petting zoo. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so what do we know about Christmas anyway? It's Jews pulling the sleigh. Except for Rudolph. Oh, oh, he's from Bombay. And oh, by the way, the Easter Bunny's got an alternate lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, Mendel the Reindeer, words and music by Steve Goody and Jacob Cantor, performed by Steve Goody and Bradley Tassel. It's available at stevegoody.com from their album, A Kvetchmas Carol. In the last couple of years. Oh, sorry. Let me get rid of that. (laughs) All right. We're all settled back in. Uh, I had a text from somebody who uh, said that they were wondering how uh, things are going in the dorms at uh, the University of Chicago. Uh, One of their questions is, is how is the laundry room there? I've never seen your laundry room. My laundry room is fine. Yes, it's fine. I don't know the standards of, I've never been in a university laundry room before. I don't know. know Because I, uh, it's one of the things I feel like I I fell down on the job as a mom. Elliot was making sure that. uh, I know how to use it. I know you know how to use it. I just wasn't. Consistent. 
I wasn't consistent <laughs> with having wasn't. having you do your own laundry and stuff. Well, I, I do consistently do my laundry. I appreciate that. How about my what? Do you feel because I, I would try so hard to get you involved in helping me put laundry away, but I also didn't. I did do that. Though. I know you did, but I was I always felt like I was begging. Ellie comes over uh, a few times a year, and it's really our time to try to. We we, we did not do as well as we did for Thanksgiving, Elliot. I, we'll be honest. You for know, cleaning I, up. you know. Can I tell you something first? You know, I don't I, care about. I know that. you don't. And I and and I is it? But by the grace of God, go I, because I, in my advanced age, still have issues putting away laundry. <laughs> <laughs> My little laundry nook at my house is just ridiculous. I wash it. I fold it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is all stacked up. And like, there are times I'm like, wait, I wait. where's that shirt I wanted to wear? Wait, did I put it away? Or is it still in that laundry I did two weeks ago? Yeah, that's that's my thing. Well, I... Uh uh, we look. We have four people in the house. Uh, one of whom goes through a tremendous amount of clothing in the course of a day. Sometimes De- Declan sometimes needs to have a, a several changing. And poor Steve is pretty much responsible for. At least now it's it's just Declan and Steve. I tend to do my own, and then that gets backed up. We're a mess. We have a very small apartment for four people. It's about what would you say about seven hundred square feet in my apartment for four yeah, people. Something like that. And can you believe that? But when we bought it, the woman had raised before us. She had raised six kids with her husband in that apartment. Dad that must have had, like those triple bunk beds. I know. We've we've tried to figure out like where did everybody sleep because the boys room they all had to sleep in the bigger room. Don't yeah. you think that the parents would be in that smaller room? The smaller with, room, yeah. Yeah, because it's insane. Don't you think, Griffin? Can you or, imagine? or she was lying. Or she was lying. Well, we have our old neighbor, Jen. Jen grew up next door, too. What is she, she's not still there, though. No, she's not there anymore, but no, she grew up next to them, so she knows how many people were there. Well, my, my, well the, the, the apartment I grew up as a kid was not that much bigger than the apartment you have. And there were five of us and oh, my parents. Yeah. And I remember, there, again, five of us. And my uh, the three boys, well, uh, I was a big one. I had my own room for a bit. And then my sister had to share her bedroom with her the brothers. So it was like it was it was it, we were packed together there. It was like um, it was like kind of like a Brady Bunch situation. OK. Yeah. So the, cause they had they had a well, I by the way, speaking of which, I always wanted to have that attic room like Greg that did Greg had? with the beaded, the curtain, beaded curtain and the yeah. lava lamp and yeah. every time every once in a while so my the thing I do to relax sometimes is to look at properties on Zillow.com and uh, so whenever they show like an unfinished addict I'm like that's my that's gonna be my Greg room my Greg Brady room <laughs> is it that's a that's a new thing to Zillow it's the uh, people going on Zillow and finding things and I always find real interesting properties Me shared too. on Facebook yeah like then you find you find folks that it's like a, a nice little so it's a nice little house, like in the south, you know, like in somewhere in Connecticut or whatever. And then you go through, boop, 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 and then, whoa! It's like a sex dungeon sex or Sex dungeon. That just, wow, that just showed up as I'm scrolling through the photos. Oh, and for some people, that's that's a, an important amenity. It's a solid point. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Hey. It's like, hey. Hey, you got a harness you can hang from the ceiling? Is that a load-bearing beam? What is that? I would hope. Because <laughs> it's going to be a load. It's got to bear. That is I saw, so, so in our neighborhood, these are all Dutch colonials. A lot of the houses around here look exactly the same. So when one's up for sale, I like to see what they've done with the inside of the house. And I saw this one that had, uh, I mean, the layout was similar to ours. The kitchen was like they had, they, it was so packed with cabinets and, and countertops and, and appliances and stuff. And, you know, we have a very small kitchen. Um, and the, But the bedrooms were super tiny. But the bathroom, they had a, a deep tub with like jets. But for... T- <laughs> 
And I have to show you the picture for the toilet. You would have to put your feet in the tub to sit on the can. Is all I'm saying. Like, in order to maybe rel- that was maybe that was the intent. You would have to soak your feet to relieve everything. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, well, I was they like, want you to go from one to the other. <laughs> this like, is a transition point here. What is this? <laughs> it was weird. It made me feel so much better about our apartment. I just I wish I I wish I was better at trying to. I also didn't want to spend like all of the boys' childhoods like yelling at them to clean either. It's just like I there were a couple times I found this uh, Facebook post. Where uh, I said because uh, I, I work I used to work overnights and but on the weekends I would try to do as be as involved in po- as possible and uh, the Facebook post was like look I know that I work late but there's no need to let mommy sleep past eleven o'clock and, and Griffin said well we knew if we woke you up you'd make us start cleaning the house because <laughs> <laughs> I used to go on a tear I'd be like I just want this house to be clean and then and then I gave up it's I, not much cleaner without me there is all <laughs> it's true he's not wrong it's really hard. And it's uh, and it's funny too because it's like you spend all this time like I've I've done this myself. I went on it was it was during the pandemic when I you know I live alone. It was just me. And this was even before I got the dog. Um, and I was like I needed. There were certain things I conditioned myself to do. So one of the things I did was I wanted to deal with all the clutter. You know how how clutter can get. It's like yes. you don't even try. You don't even try. It just it just happens. Especially when like let's say you're or you're suddenly finding yourself ordering all the stuff online. Then pe- stuff starts showing up, and then boxes just start what? accumulating. Right. I kept telling myself, never go to bed with uh, dirty dishes in the sink. That's something I still do today. I still always make sure my sink is in order before I go to bed. The clutter, though, is getting out of hand again. My dining room area, when people come in, they're like all these boxes and stuff strewn about. I need to fix. My family room is the one area of my house. My family room, my bedroom, that I finally I've kind of got under control because I spend so much time in them, but there are other areas of the house I still need to work with. So uh, trust me, and I live alone. So that is a challenge, and I don't have to worry. I can't even blame someone else for coming in and doing, oh, how do, how do all of a sudden, where did these dirty dishes come from? Why? Oh, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> it has been it's been challenging uh, since we came home from the hospital with Declan. Uh, you know, I don't we don't sleep very regularly at all. Like mm-hmm. he'll wake up at three in the morning and want to eat or get up and and uh, like and and it's and I don't fall asleep easily. I'm the one that sleeps next to Declan because I can sleep through anything, but it's not necessarily the best pattern with him. But it's uh, yeah, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get back in a groove, Griffin. We're, we're trying to or we're trying to find a groove, uh, a new path. Let's take a break here. And uh, we'll continue our conversation when we come back. We're here till four. Griffin's looking at the, what time is it? Yeah, one more hour. Uh, and we'll talk about, uh, by the way, holiday specials, because uh, we mentioned Brady Bunch. And uh, I want to I talk about A very about, Brady Christmas. A very Brady Christmas. Yeah. Let's talk about 773-763-9278. What have been some of your favorite uh, holiday specials, variety shows? Like my friend Heather always has a Judy Garland variety show, the Christmas uh, special that she did in 1962. What's some of your favorites? 773-763-9278. You're listening to The Big Picture with Edwin Eisentraff on WCPT 820. This is Patty Vasquez sitting in for Edwin Eisendrath. 
and the big picture sitting in stu- joining me in studio sitting in studio I don't know, it's like sitting in studio with me if you're watching the Both live stream you can, you can see, see yeah. my guest stu- sitting in the studio that's uh, Elliot Serrano he's our chief geek officer and uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, I've never seen the Star Wars Christmas special <laughs> uh, Griffin joins us as well my son uh, is in the studio I thought we'd hang out for Christmas Eve together but I, is it is it as bad as you, is it is it bad but funny bad or is it horrible and unwatchable okay first I'm gonna knit, I'm gonna do a nerd nitpick here it's not a Christmas special it is a holiday special my apologies and it is for Life Day the Wookie celebration because they have no Christ because they don't have Jesus in yeah in the galaxy far far away. That's so. It's like when you talk about because they haven't welcomed him into their hearts. He's not he doesn't exist. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, he's, I mean, Wait, it's a long time ago. A long, yeah, it's, it's before it's the time of Jesus. So, oh, like, so someone explain how the Flintstones Far can away. have a Christmas special. What are they celebrating? This because it's still dinosaurs. Yeah. It's BC. I mean, it takes place BC before Christ. It's like how did they know? Well, how do they have like they're weird? They were pagans. They were celebrating the solstice. But there were. But they call it Christmas. I was kidding. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a life day, and it actually takes place closer to Thanksgiving than it does to um, Christmas. But to answer your question, should you watch it? <laughs> well, you know what? I think everyone. I mean, I think everyone should watch Because I'm going to tell you right now, I people talk about it, and they complain about it, and I've heard it insulted and defamed, and I will come out in defense of the Star Wars holiday special. Okay. That if you liked those cheesy old um, uh, variety shows, like, you know, the ones like Carol Burnett and all Dean this, Martin. Dean Martin put oh, on. There's one where he slides on a, a fireman's pole yep. and he is hysterical. I'm sorry, go ahead. This is pretty much that. It's, okay. it's Star Wars with a cheesy variety show put together. The only thing about it that's kind of hard to get through is the first 15 minutes, 15 minutes of Wookiee Wookie talk with no subtitles at all. It's just the Wookiees growling and it's all like mime and Wookie talk. And it, no, it occurred didn't occur to anyone to put in subtitles so that you would at least know what they were saying. But they were probably thinking, yeah, this is a very common thing that happens with parents and kids and the grandparents and da da da. So it should be fairly easy for folks to figure out what's being said. Um, but you get caught, pulled in the first, like, first 60 seconds of the special. You see Harrison Ford and Chewbacca, you know, Peter Mayhew in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. And you're, oh, yeah, all right. It's the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. Then you don't see them again for at least no. an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a, an animated uh, sequence in it where they introduce Boba Fett for the first time. And you can actually see that on um, Disney Plus. It's called The Faithful Wookiee. That's the only surviving thing from the Star Wars holiday special that George Lucas acknowledges, and it's on the Disney Plus channel. Oh, is that funny? Should we watch that when we go back home, Griffin? It's up to you. It's up to me. Here, let's see what uh, Tom and Elgin wants to join our conversation. Hey, Tom, what's on your mind? Uh, well, actually, I was curious if uh, your guest, I'm sorry. I, I, Elliot, that's okay. That would mean. Uh, uh, there's a an old video cassette called Hardware Wars. Hardware Wars. Yep, yep. That's a good one too. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. It actually, came as a trilogy. It was uh, Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind, Forklifts <laughs> Now, but Hardware Wars was the big one. The uh, the salad, the Wookie Monster. Yeah. Uh, cinnamon. Uh, Leia had cinnamon buns for uh, the side they were here. I actually and, have. Oh. Uh, 
No, I was going to say I actually have the still that that of you see of the of the characters sitting in the in the the, the cockpit. I usually had that still as my profile picture on uh, Facebook for a while. So yeah, and I love the Wookie monster. It's like Cookie Monster, but he looks Wookie. It's like a Muppet. They use a Muppet to stand in for. for... And he goes after Leia's hair. Yes, because she's got the cinnamon buns, right? And the uh, one of the ships is an iron. It's just like um. Well, the uh, the Tie Fighters were toast, shot out of a toaster. Yep, it's funny because yeah. that the bit with the iron in Hardware Wars. Um, there is a um, another bit in I want to say in um, the Rise of Skywalker. J.J. J. Abrams is a, where you see an iron coming down to like press a imperial uniform. J.J. J. Abrams says that was an homage to Hardware Wars. Really? Yes. Oh uh-huh. my God! Wow. Yeah. That's a- yeah, because I still I still have the video cassette. I mean, I, I I no longer have a video player, but I'm like I ain't getting rid of this. I mean, he could probably make money off of making fun. discs off of that, don't you think? They, 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 you make discs. You can find it on YouTube too. You can? Though. Okay. Like All the, right. the Star Wars Holiday Special, you can find on YouTube. You can find Hardware Wars on YouTube. There's okay. another. There's another uh, great um, uh, satirical Star Wars film called Troops. It's like. Cops. Remember the show Cops, mm-hmm. but it's with stormtroopers, and it's it, it's hilarious. Kevin Rubio, the filmmaker, did that as a fan film, and I'm we're friends on Facebook. Um, it's funny because the dude had to sit back see his fan film. Suddenly, people were ripping it, putting it on the cassette tapes and, and and DVDs, and selling it at conventions, which he could not do because that right. you can't. Your uh, Lucasfilm will not allow you to sell fan films, so he's told people, please don't buy it. If you see it, don't buy. It. Just you know, watch it on YouTube or whatever. I always feel bad for the guy. He's because that's how I ended up seeing it. At one point, I, I bought the VHS. I bought a VHS of of the troops. I bought a VHS of uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. I even have a DVD of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, I, and the same DVD has the episode of the Muppet Show that Mark Hamill Mark, appeared the stars on. Of Star Wars, the stars of Star Wars. That one, which is Darth Nader. I'm going to tell you in the pigs in space, and and I'm telling you they kill it when you get to the very the final, uh, the final musical number where they sing "When You Wish Upon a Star." It's like how prophetic! It's yeah, it's all Disney now. <laughs> the Muppets belong to Disney. Star Wars belongs to Disney. Gosh. How prophetic that was! That's wild. Well, don't don't get rid of that tape. It sounds like it's a a, a treasured item, Tom. Oh no no! And, and real quick, uh, in the uh, one clip of uh, Forklift Now, which was Apocalypse Now, it was the son in, uh, I believe, Ozzy and Harriet. He played the uh, Ricky Nelson machine character. Ricky, Nel- uh, Ricky no, Nelson. Ricky no, Nelson. No 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 no. No 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 no. Oh, oh maybe it's, it was just oh god. Well, see, I'm bad with names now. Uh, but yeah, it's they brought him back, and it's like they pretty much do shot for shot the best they could. Like uh, and it deals with like uh, barbecues and uh, suburbia. <laughs> but he's, you know, the surfers are skateboarders. Uh, uh, the uh, 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 Marlon Brando's character is a used car salesman that that is now undercutting meat sales, uh, and so he's out to hunt him down. And you know, it's like I said, that whole video cassette. I mean, if you can get the Hardware Wars, Pork Lips now, and Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind. Uh, <laughs> It's 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 a it's a rabbit hole you want to go down. I'm gonna find that rabbit hole. But real quick, uh, right. which, what's your go-to uh, Christmas special? The one that you have to watch every uh, Christmas. 
Oh, gee. Someone just messaged uh, me the uh, Honeymooners. Our friend Jerry sent me the, it's a Christmas uh, with the Honeymooners. Honeymooners, that's a good one. Oh, gee, yeah, you got me, you got me uh, for a loop because I, I watch old TV, but no, not the Brady Bunch. Uh, There's an episode I, of the MASH know, I love. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, no, I was thinking MASH, you know, uh, but uh, uh, in fact, just re- uh, the other night it was uh, MASH with... Uh, uh, Winchester getting his old uh, cap from sledding. That yes, actually got me teary. It got me teary eyed. So yeah, I, I and also when he gives he gives a chocolate to the one guy and he gets he mad at him. Yeah, right. He gets yeah, and then he finds out what he did. And like I said, that stuff like really hits the heart. So, so Winchester gives uh, candy for these kids, and the, this, the dad sells the candy, and he's like, you know, I, I gave that to you for them to have for Christmas. And the guy's like, I got, I could buy rice to feed yeah. my family. Right? right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That. Oh, that was a good oh, one. Oh, it's a good one. That was a very good one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Tom. That's yeah, I awesome. Don't, I don't mind a good cry. I don't mind a good cry. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Merry Christmas, Tom. Have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Take care. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. There's some good holiday episodes. Uh, the one I, can, I every Christmas I have to watch it, although it's hard. I don't know if you can see it on if they put it on broadcast television as much anymore because now you have to have Apple TV. Um, Charlie Brown Christmas, yeah. yeah, that's the definitive Christmas special to me. That one has like it's amazing. Every year I watch it, every year I get something new from it, and it just speaks to me. And it made, the whole rant I had today about the commercialization and how Christmas makes it. About haves and have-nots, man, that that Charlie Brown Christmas special, prophetic, prophetic. And it's still, everything that they say in that, even though the thing was produced in 62, 1962, everything still holds today. Well, I don't know if we have that one uh, recorded. We haven't watched it yet this season. But Dad often, my uh, husband often requ- records all of the specials of the season. Uh, and we, by the way, we were thinking about watching uh, Glass Onion tonight. Have you seen that yet? I just watched it last night. Stop it! Sorry. We'll have to find something it. else to watch with that you. That one then. is fun, though. That no, one no, no, is we'll fun. We'll find something else yeah. to watch with you. Uh, you know what? I would love to watch again. My yes. favorite my favorite of the Doctor Who's. Yes. Uh, a Christmas Carol, the Matt Smith. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite as well. That, that was my, that's my favorite of all the Christmas specials. A Christmas Carol. I think we we should have that one, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's yes. on like HBO or whatever. All right, yeah. all right. So we'll uh, while we heat up the pizza, but we still have to figure out a movie to watch with my mom. So while we're heating up the pizza, we can watch that. You guys can watch that while I get salad and stuff. All right. And then uh, we got to figure out what movie to watch that now because we just watched uh, Everything Everywhere all oh, at once. Well, that was good. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. Okay, the, for, for, I should have told you we were, gonna, we were thinking about watching Glass Onion, so you wouldn't watch it alone. I. Well, it was cheesy. fun though. I had that's one where you, I, I I wanted to watch it because I wanted to be able to pay attention i wanted to try to solve the mystery you know and <laughs> right. right so with us there and everyone talking it wouldn't have happened yeah, that no, wouldn't no. have happened because <laughs> it would have been, don't get me wrong i enjoy watching movies with you guys don't get me wrong i like the you know, all that um but it's like this is like, okay i want to and i still couldn't i mean in the end the 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 um the 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 killer seemed very obvious mm-hmm. which is what even they but well when you watch the movie you'll see fair enough it's very good though it was fun i liked glass onion more than um, um knives out the oh, first really? one oh really and we really liked that one and I, right. I i liked it I, I my problem was um, i was still smarting from 
um, Ryan Johnson doing The Last Jedi, which I'm not a fan of, which I know gets me in trouble with a lot of Star Wars fans, but I don't I don't care. I'm just trying to find something my mom will like, too, because uh, it's got to be something we all enjoy, I think. Uh, yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> oh, Violent Night. Have you seen that one? Have you seen it? I have not. That one, I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about that one. That looks like fun. That one looks like a lot of fun. And I actually had a premise. For that, I wanted to write a comic called Operation Kill Santa, where, you know, uh, uh, the government realizes Santa has all this power that, you know, they can't allow him to have. Right. So they put a hit out on him. But then it's, we realize that first he can travel around the world in 24 hours and and he can disappear here up a chimney, if you know. So but I think they've already done that with this particular movie. All right. And I want to see that one, too. Uh, I would, the Night I, the Reindeer Died. Night the Reindeer Died. Yes. Scrooge. That's the, the bit. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Majors. Right. In the beginning, I remember. Uh, and then Spirited. That was the other one that I've really with Ryan enjoyed Reynolds with and- Ryan Reynolds and and Will Ferrell. That one I've been. The problem is it's on Apple TV Plus, and not a lot of people don't have Apple TV Plus. And I could, I would sit there and I'd go, "Well, Apple's so you should get it because it's only five bucks a month, and they raise the price." It's like now it's up to um, like six eighty eight, six ninety nine. Yeah. It's like now it's not even, not even that um, affordable as it was before. We could do. I don't know if anyone's interested in the house uh, for Pinocchio. The, the Guillermo, the, the, Guillermo the, is that Christmas though? No, no, we don't have to watch a Christmas game. The Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Toro. You want to watch the grotesque Tom Hanks version <laughs> with the. <laughs> Bizarre no. looking CGI. He's, he's made a couple of weird CGIs. The Polar Express is a strange. Yeah, movie. I've seen parts of it. He's really bad in it. Like Tom Hanks does not care in that movie. <laughs> well, because it was all my, my Polar Express. Because all motion. I mean, at Pinocchio. Oh, I haven't seen that. No, one. I've seen parts of it. He's he's strange looking, and he sings, and it's weird. There's another movie um, I really want to see, but but Abuelita sometimes has a, does not like to listen to too many uh, Irish accents are not necessarily her favorite. So I want to, I want to see what gonna say? the Inishman, the new oh yeah the new uh, kind of or, um, with Colin Farrell the and and Brogues, um, right, the, Brendan Gleeson yeah yeah well and Bruges is the they, yeah, they, they were that's the, the uh, what's the director I'm like on. Yeah, I can't remember. The, oh, here it is. Uh, let's see. A spiritual sequel to Martin McDonough's Brilliant yeah, yeah. and Bridges. The, ban- the Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah, I've heard good stuff I've about that really one. But I, hear, but I hear it's, it gets very, 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 so very Irish, it? meaning really depressing. Dark. Yeah, it's dark really and depressing. Dark. <laughs> we do like our, our dark stories sometimes, don't we? Let me see. I don't know. I, I'm so, so calling in, right? Uh, there's both. Both are calling. So yeah. So the uh, one, the white light is for when the front doorbell yeah, goes. But then the green was also. Ringing. Yeah. So someone, we'll find out. Sometimes people just call to to ask why we aren't talking about politics. Because <laughs> it's also Christmas Eve, and I'm hanging out with one of my best friends and my son for the holidays. Well, do do we? I mean, what are we gonna do about Joe Biden and his? anti-Santa agenda. So we don't have to take those calls anymore. <laughs> there was one day, Elliot, someone called in Interesting. Uh, and his nickname is now uh, Booger Eating Ken. He called in one day to tell us that this is a Judeo, a Christo-Judeo nation and that immigrants are replacing white people and uh, that I shouldn't wear the Mexican flag. So I often wear the Mexican flag in ver- various ways with a heart mm-hmm. around it or in the no. state of Illinois map. No. And uh, 
and I, as I and eventually we just got rid of him on the phone. But the reason we call him Booger Eating Ken is because he reminded me of a kindergarten who called me a really horrible name when I was in uh, kinder. Well, when I was five years old, and it wasn't until I was older that I realized like this guy's calling me racist slurs at five years old. He was picking his nose and eating his boogers. So we call Ken uh, Booger Eating Ken. Hey Matt, how are you doing today? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Patty Vasquez. You know, now that he's driving home with Patty Vasquez, and he's got the uh, thing of late with Patty Vasquez, and <laughs> now she's getting the final word for the week with Patty Vasquez, and next thing I know, it's family meeting with Patty Vasquez. <laughs> it's the Patty shows. Miller Show. <laughs> the Patty Vasquez Show. Yeah, whatever it takes. Tom Hartman, please. Well, well, Matt, when when you live two blocks from the station, it's hard to say no uh, all the time when they ask if you'll come in. Because I like, plus my son was was willing to come. Elliot said he would come hang out with me. This is fun. I'm just having a good time. Wait, you live two blocks from the station? My husband really wishes I would stop telling people that. But which which direction? <laughs> exactly, <though>? which direction? <laughs> yeah, I have no excuse. Maybe you live at the Dollar Tree. Yeah, exactly. I have no excuse to be late, and yet I manage to do it every single time. You live right next door to the foremost liquors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt. So that's that's one of the reasons I don't. Because if you consider how much time I spent in traffic, finding parking, going back and forth to my previous job, another radio station. Like oh, this I is, remember those days. Oh my God! Was you allowed to say it on the air? I have said it. I just don't. I dwelt. I was dwelling on it way too much the other day, and all the trauma. That I had there, but Matt is yeah, it? I, I was like yeah. the the History Channel with Patty Vasquez yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played, Matt. Well, because I had Scott on, so Scott had been there for a lot of it too. So yes, yes, we were replaying yes. all the old hits. Yes, actually, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. It reminded me of something. Are you working today, Matt? Are you driving again? Um, of course I am. What would a day be like without me sitting in my car freezing my bunions off? Is it is it uh, busy today? Oh, it's really busy. I believe like, it. People don't think that anybody goes out anymore. The days of, uh, if you've watched A Christmas Story, the days of uh, people just not going anywhere on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and the only thing being open is the random Japanese or Chinese restaurant where they sing deck the halls with balls of folly very terribly. <laughs> I mean, you're, it's just, it, those days are gone. People are out. People are doing things. Yeah, yeah. Not- so, but I just, I, it, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Patty's uh, great. You're on a great show, even though technically it's not her show. But she's on the show. Yes. Matt's really... You probably like it if you had a chance to meet him. You make me uh, blush, Matt. I appreciate it. That's the least I could do. Thank you. I'm sending everybody else make you one take ads all your But um, (laughs) I I defer that point. No, look. um, What you were talking about earlier, um, I I had to get out of the car. So the last thing I heard was about the woke. uh, Oh, yeah. And everything. Um, the Republicans, they, they won't ever understand, and they use woke to irritate us. They use the word woke to get underneath our skin. Um, and they are trying to take that word away from us. And we cannot allow that to happen. So if you're sitting at the table this weekend and you have a Republican family member, run. 
No. <laughs> you sit him at the table this weekend and have a Republican family member, and then start talking about woke this and woke that and everything's woke, and you have to woo, woo, woo. My simple request to you is this. Ignore it. Laugh it off. Mm-hmm. Don't let them get underneath your skin, because... That's what they want. They also it, they want it, you to lose your mind. It's both to get under the skin or act like they're owning somebody, and to, to make themselves feel like they're cool. They're the cool kids, the bullies who, you know, walk around like you know, oh, you know, just shoving kids' heads in the toilet water. Uh, that, that's who they want to be. That, that you know, it's in order to, to marginalize, demonize, and and uh, seem like they're the powerful ones. That's all. That's why they do it. Did anybody ever actually get a swirly from the bullies? I always thought that was a swirly. Uh, I uh, my violence was actually more. Uh, I had my head held down against the pavement on my playground, and they force fed me the lunches that were thrown away during. Uh, yeah. yeah. Swirlies, though, that's, my mom tells the kid who can do a swirly, that's commitment. You're flushing, and you got to hold me up, and at the right angle to get my just my hair in there. So that it does the whole that, thing. I don't think they were that, uh, that careful about it. Uh, maybe, but because yeah. otherwise you're going to drown me. Yeah. yeah, no. I got plenty of. Uh, I got the the uh, what is the the when you get there. Uh, I forgot what it is. Uh, under undergrundy. The uh, what do you call it? Um, is it undergrundy when they pull undergrundy? your underwear and they yank it up your crack? Atomic. Well, they got the atomic something. Wedgie. Uh, wedgie. Atomic wedgie. Yes, I would. I've gotten wedgies. Um, Patty, did you just call it an undergrundy? Undergrundy, yeah. Undergrundy. That's I, I've heard I've it. Never. No. I've never heard it. <laughs> I always just thought it was, it was a, a Norwood. The wedgies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I have to look. Do you know how many times I've had to look up things that sound like it just happened in my neighborhood and nowhere? Like Johnny Tackle. Apparently, nobody in the world played Johnny Tackle except for the kids in Norwood Park. Johnny we would Tackle. line up on opposite sides of the field, just run at each other full speed and beat the crap out of each other. That apparently was just a Norwood Park. And that's why Norwood Park is such a is filled with such well adjusted people. <laughs> and I'm looking up, uh, yeah, oh undie, an undie define undie grundy. The oh, that's different. <laughs> there we go. Wow, you allowed don't, to describe don't. it on the air? There we go. Let's not know. Let's not know. Let's, oh, when I was a kid, uh, no, it says so. One version is when I was a kid, we used to say this referring to some, something. Um, it was a wedgie or pushing someone on the swings and running completely underneath them. Okay, why you run underneath them? What would that? What would that accomplish? But the first one that came up is weird. The act of inserting a finger or I don't thumb. Know if I... Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's not. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Let's anyway, one, one person does think it was a wedgie on the, the urban slang. So, there we go. Yeah, so bring it back around. Matt, Matt before you go, uh, what's your go-to uh, Christmas special that you have to watch on the Christmas weekend? Well, for years, for years, it was 24 hours of the Christmas story. And I watched that thing so much on TBS that I could remember. I want you to write a theme, Initiate Groan. And then they go on. I could label every single line from that movie. But, but, in recent years, my go-to Christmas soul food for television is Jingle All the Way. Oh, really? The Schwarzenegger movie. Wow. Interesting. I haven't seen it. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because somehow, some way, that man was a terrible father, and yet... He's still got to, A, be a superhero, B, win the heart of his kid, 
C, get one over on the great Phil Hartman. And D, he was married to Lauren Graham in that movie. So, you know Fair. what? No. Think, uh, no, not Lauren Graham. God, what's her name? She's in Bad uh, Santa. I was wondering if she was in both. Go ahead. No, no. no the, 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 uh, uh, what's Tom Hanks' wife's name? Rita Wilson. Yeah, he's married to Rita Wilson in that movie. You can't go wrong. Yeah. All right. I think you've converted me. Well, <laughs> now we know what we're watching tonight, Matt. <laughs> Patty, please yes. enjoy the rest of your holiday. I'll see you Mondays when you take over the entire radio station because Stephanie's still gone for another week. <laughs> and um, hopefully, in all seriousness, maybe I was wondering, in the new year, could you get Roosevelt and I in there for like a segment or something? Yeah, I could. we, we didn't figure something out. That'd be fun. Look at Matt's like, did yeah, I just I'll invite myself to the station? Not, let me let me work on it. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll bring the food that I'm not allowed to bring into the station anymore. It'll be great. All right. Sounds good, Matt. Have a wonderful Christmas. Be safe out there. And I uh, hope you get to, get to yeah, enjoy the evening. Well, Thank you. Four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Have a good one. Uh, let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll t- continue our conversation. This is Patty Vasquez sitting in for Edwin Eisendrath in the big picture. Uh, I want to thank everyone for hanging out with us. Looking at the big picture with Edwin Eisendraft on WCPT 820. And this is Patty Vasquez sitting in for Edwin Eisendraft. I have another song for you from our friends Bradley Tassel and Steve Goody. The holiday season. It's a time of peace and joy and love. And of course, panic. Time's running out. You can see all the contents of just about a million children's presents. Just ran in from a freaking blizzard. Can't find the tape. Can't find the scissors. All out of paper. All out of bows. All out of tags. Who's this? Who knows? I'm running on fumes. Just about empty, but look at that pile. It's way too many weights. I think I found a way out of this snag. Everything goes in a Christmas bag. Not gonna bother with this wrapping crap. And that's the end of this wrapping wrap. Oh, stop. Wait, you got more? You think you're done, but you ain't by half. You think those boxes all there is to wrap? Those two boxes won't assemble themselves. No time to relax like the elf on the shelf. At least 50 parts go into that drone. Even the dog wants to open up a bone. Batteries go in half a dozen things. The trampoline man, the cane sand springs. You forgot the nine gifts you hid in June. You can't put a bowl on the psychedelic moon. You thought you were done, but you got no idea. Now get to work on the desk. You fought from Ikea. Gift to your mother. And that's how they invented Christmas stockings, kids. <laughs> to my friends, uh, Steve Goody and Bradley Tassel, I wanted to play that one because uh, my husband told me the other day, he goes, we are not wrapping presents on Christmas Eve. And guess what I will be doing tonight? I'll be wrapping presents on Christmas Eve. I can't, I, honestly, I don't know how it happens. I, I feel like this Christmas I had plenty of time, plenty of time, plenty of time. And now I have a whole stack of presents I have to wrap. I tell my family, don't, wor- don't, don't worry. I just give them my um, cash app. Um, <laughs> handle just send yeah. me just send me. Well, you know what you like more. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, Sorry. it's just well, an, it's to keep giving, give to me, so that I can give to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, can I, can I tell you what I'm not looking forward to tonight? Those three spirits visiting me again, like they do every year, trying to tell me how I can be a better, you know, better person on Christmas Day. I'm like, guys, just give up. Although that time when they they brought me the alternate version of myself who was way more successful and much better looking, that really upset me. But uh, do you do you prefer being portrayed are you hearing yourself in the Michael Caine voice? Are you hearing are yourself ghosts? in Alistair? <laughs> which go- is it the is it like the Muppet ghosts or is it like the, you know, Mr. Magoo? 
ghosts, or which version of the ghosts? <laughs> the or? Ralph Boschke ones, the okay. ones for the Ralph Boschke version. It's like the 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 the, the Christmas, the ghosts of Christmas future, or as he called them, ghosts of Christmas yet, yet to come. come. Um, you know, actually, it gets a lot. It, I, he told me last year that he feels he's not really pleased with the way he's portrayed. Mm-hmm. Like he's not that scary. He tries to be relatable. He's just trying to help people. So, that's yeah. fair enough. I mean, <laughs> for folks who aren't getting this bit right now, I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to write an alternate version of the Christmas Carol, which I did with the Spirited, which was a lot of fun. But I was like, oh, wait a minute, wait, we need to do more. If there's any, the one thing that did disappoint me with Spirited was they went in a particular direction, and then I wanted to know more about the ghosts. It was like a nice behind-the-scenes really? look at how the ghosts work. I wanted to know more about them. But they, they they didn't give me enough of that. What's the mystique? Uh, but, you know, we've seen it how many times? You know, and of course, uh, people are, I think people are finally giving the Muppet Christmas Carol the love it deserves. Yeah. I'm hearing it pop up in references in other movies now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and also people are referring to Scrooge too. Scrooge is a good one. When, when I first saw it in theaters, I didn't get it because I wanted Bill Murray to play a more likable character. I've always liked, I've always been a fan of Bill Murray's ever since um, he did Meatballs. That's like my, my favorite I, you know, I've Bill never Murray seen movie. this one. You've I've seen seen Stripes. I love Stripes. You've never seen them? Um, but I've never seen Meatballs. Meatballs? That's the one where I remember seeing that as a kid, going into high school. I was like, because I didn't have a big brother, and I always wanted to have a big brother, and I was like, if I could have a big brother, Bill Murray would, would have been like the perfect big brother. Because the way his relationship between himself and the Chris Peace character... It was like it felt very much like a, you know, like the big, cool, older brother being whatever. Um, But I've always been a fan of Bill Murray's in Scrooge. He plays a really unlikable person. It's like I had a hard time dealing with that. Um, And he's playing pretty much the straight guy to everyone else around him until he gets to the very end. And I'm telling you, I get emotional every time I watch that bit at the end where it's like he finally comes to knowing what meaning the meaning of Christmas and or being, you know. Uh, enlightened about caring about his fellow man. That's when I was like, oh, man. So that really works there. Speaking of uh, caring about our fellow man, let's get Roosevelt on the air, because I think he wants to go back to something we were talking about earlier. Roosevelt! Apparently Matt wants to be in the studio. He wants to... uh, We'll have a... uh, uh, We'll have to figure out some way to get you guys uh, a chance to to hang out. How's it going, Roosevelt? Fantastic. Thank you for taking my call. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello. magic word. The magic word, Matt, is tamales. And that's the one thing you guys haven't talked about, which is food. And another thing I want to subject that I want to touch upon before I get into the politics of it is I want to recommend some Christmas songs. And these are songs that are not that popular. First, I want to start with The Pretenders, 2,000 Miles. That's a good song. Uh, That's a good one. the Waitresses, I don't remember the name of the song, but it's from the 80s. I believe it's 84, 80, 83, something like that. Uh, the Waitresses, they have a Christmas song. I don't remember at the top of my head. Um, the one with John Lennon. So oh. this is Christmas. The War is hey, Over. Christmas, the yes. War is Over. Yep. The War is Over, yeah. And it's last but not least, my very <laughs> last one night. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm talking about, uh, you know, Griffin. Uh, now I see why he didn't care for the John Lennon bit I get. No, I like John Lennon. No. He does. I just, no. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, go no, on. No, sorry. I don't want to. And, and, and last but not least, my very favorite is uh, 
And one of my top three groups uh, of all time, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Father Christmas. That's a fantastic song. Uh, so those are the ones that I'm okay. recommending. Now, I'm sorry, uh, Christmas Wrapping is the name of that song by the waitresses that you were talking about. That's it. Christmas Wrapping. Christmas Wrapping. Um, so, yeah. So now let me jump a little bit into the politics and semi-politics. And this this goes out for your son to, to, to think about this and pay attention to this because he and my kids are the future of this country. And that's what I want to talk about. The subject of kids since you got a, your, your son there. Have you guys ever noticed the past four years when Trump was there, he never talked about his grandchildren or what he wants to do for his grandchildren? And in general. Yeah, I know you're Republican right. Party, the, the, I've never. The, and in general, the, the, the new Republican Party, which I don't believe it exists, there is no such thing as a Republican Party. It's a cult. It's a cult following a guy that's cruel. And Scrooge is nothing compared to Trump and the Trump uh followers that are in Congress. And then, to be specific, they never talk about their kids. So my question to all of you is the rhetorical is I wonder what they say to their kids, because we always, you know, tell their kids to be kind, to be, you know, to be courteous, to have respect. And when you have somebody like Bolbert that poses on Christmas, uh, like she did a couple of uh, years ago for a Christmas card with AF, uh, AF-15s, he had the kids uh, some of them, uh, I believe, 10 years old, and posing with a picture with, with, with uh, assault weapons. You know, same thing, uh, same kind of weapons that, that were used in some of these mass shootings. So it's funny. Can I, can I stop you for a second? It's funny because I was just looking at Bette Midler's for whatever reason. She came up on my timeline. And it's so there's a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse as a young child holding a military style weapon no. uh, saying that this is this is grooming. Right. Because this kid grew up to feel it was upon him to go to a protest and kill people. Well, uh, Patty, you as a mother, can you put yourself in your shoes for a minute or a second? Uh, Bulbert posing for a picture. Can you picture yourself posing with your kids? And mind you, they're all uh, they're all boys, I believe. So, can you picture yourself with your kids with with, with assault weapons? What kind of? That's my question. What kind of upbringing do they have at home? What do they tell their kids? And and they've always point the fingers, such as what Trump did with our our community, the Mexican community. So, do they they say? You know, don't let these, you know, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. take over the country. I mean, I'm questioning that because we, we as, as quote, you know, sensible people, we say have respect, you know, be kind to people. Don't be cruel to people that don't have as much as you do. So that's my question to all of you. What do they, I wonder what they say to their kids because they never talk about their kids. Because if you're in Congress, you want to change the world. You want the world to be in a certain way that your kids don't have a, a hard time. So that's my question. What do they, ha- what do they... Uh, no, they talk about kids in the abstract. They, they, they romanticize and fetishize fetuses, right? And then once a, 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 someone has a baby, uh, they want nothing to do to support the, the child, the family. Uh, you know, they talk about kids getting groomed at drag brunches. Uh, and, and here's the thing. I mean, like, I, it's still, I can't, I cannot wrap my mind around this obsession with drag queens and drag events. Someone posted a picture of Danny 
Kay Kay and Bing Crosby from it's a from a White Christmas dressed in drag doing you know uh, and I'm and I'm plenty of drag performers for decades and, and that was more to like mock the female image rather than worship and amplify and and, and sort of uh, embrace it uh, as an expression of something that they they want and, and I've been trying to I've been grappling with this uh, I don't know why they are so obsessed why J.K. Rowling I'm sorry just hit my my wrist on the counter Ouch. and it hurt a lot. Uh, why the people like her are obsessed with demonizing people and attacking them for no reason. I mean, honestly, for no reason. I, I don't know what's happening. I, and I feel that that's I, it, all, every day. I feel like I, I every day. I feel like I'm saying, "What is going on?" <laughs> let's let's back to what we said yeah. in the very beginning. You, you got to get a distraction out there. You know, I mean. Uh, it's amazing now that now that Biden has won re-election and the, the the Republicans, well, they have a slight control of the House of Representatives, but they've lost even more control of the Senate. Um, they can't. There's very minimal influence they can have on policy. So they've got it. And, and oh, and you notice how uh, crime and inflation and the price of gas isn't the big deal that it was leading up to the uh, the election. So now they got to come up with something else to get you, you know, all worked up about. Well, now it's the drag queens. Drag queens want to get your kids all make them dress yeah. like women and, and 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 be transgenders and all that kind of stuff. To me, it's even more infuriating the 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 assault that. Um, is happening against tra- transgender people and their and children. That's that's going on all with the with the purpose of looking after kids. I mean, like you're saying, um, Matt. You know, it's like the whole thing with. I'm sorry, Roosevelt. I mean, the, the whole thing that um, what are what are Republicans saying about kids that they want to? Pro- they keep saying that they want to protect kids. But they're they're stripping all the things that would protect them, you know, all the protections that are there. That when a, when someone goes into a school and shoots up a, a, a bunch of kids, well, no, no, well, we can't do anything about that because the Second Amendment, blah blah blah, you know. The, what are the Republicans? Uh, weren't the Republicans supposed to be about personal freedom, personal responsibility, and small government? And the Republicans want to come in. They want to tell you who you can marry. They want to tell you, you know, um, whether you should, you know, whether you can have a baby or not, or that you. Should have a baby, even though you don't want to, um, or you're not able to, or you shouldn't, yeah. or you don't have no choice. The Republicans are again, and they they were real comfortable with an authoritarian figure like Donald Trump coming in and and pretty much saying this is what you know people need to do, fall in line. Right? We always said Republicans say fall in line, Democrats say fall in love. Uh, I know. All the things that they accused Obama of doing, Trump just came out and did it and they were okay with it. I don't know. You're right. I don't know. What They never, they, the only time they talk about kids is when they want you to be afraid for your kids. And that's about it. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you know, the, the, the actual product of the hysteria around trans people, which is not, which is not a very, which is not a winning message for them in the election. If you look at exit polls, they did do better. It was like, Abortion was the most salient message, which is what Democrats did better than they expected. But, you know, inflation and crime do matter. We're a bigger concern than, you know, this stuff about, like, critical race theory or trans, you know, drag queen story time. But if you look at the effects of it, just in terms of protecting kids, the effects is trans kids killing themselves Mm -hmm. and gay kids killing themselves, Mm -hmm. which is not unintentional because they don't they want a world that doesn't have people who uh, deviate from gender norms, um, and it's not a byproduct. It's the mission. Is yeah. is suicide? Is open wrists and empty bottles of bleach? Because they want trans. They want 
uh, LGBT youths to kill themselves. Um, not every Republican voter, but like the ideologues, you know, Matt Walsh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, that's what they, that's the, the object of it. And like, you know, don't say gay. It's to make, you know, the world unlivable mm. for queer youths. Mm. Yeah, you have DeSantis, you know, now he's, he wants to be the next, pre, you know, the next uh, front runner for the presidency mm-hmm. in 2024. Yeah, and there we go. Uh, but it doesn't say don't say gay. That's, there's nowhere in the, the, the bill that it says that. Okay, look, if that's the argument you're going to bring, which is disingenuous, and it is, you say, we all know that intelligent, intelligent people can tell what's, what they're trying to do here. And it's the whole, um, we're going to like, we're going to like, we know what the intent is for these types of bills and what we're trying, you know, uh, I don't want to even say it's death by a thousand paper cuts because it's not a freaking paper cut. It's a, it's a slash, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a steak knife, you know, to your forearm. Um, it's, it's just, and as you said, uh, uh, Griffin, it's not a what's happening is not a byproduct you're right it's very intentional it's intending to codify othering others to make people making being uh, a person who is let's face it human beings we evolve um a lot of times you're not born as what you're intended to be in the long run for anyone who says that, oh, no, no, um, you know, God made us perfect and you should be happy with how God made you. Well, then I'm sorry. Um, children are born with cleft palates. Right. So are, is that perfect? Is yeah. that the way kids right. should live? We shouldn't correct that. We shouldn't correct that. I mean, kid, there, there are children who will be born with both. Both, you know, um, um, genitalia. genitalia. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't correct that. No. We, or address it. Or address it. Right. We have. The human condition evolves, and we are becoming more and more enlightened to that. There's when when a person, and you got to commend these young these young folks who have gotten to the point where they know themselves enough to say, "What you're telling me, who you're telling me I should be right now, I know that's not who I am. I know that's not who I'm meant to be. I know there's something in me that's that needs to be expressed and needs to be changed. And to shame them and to say, no, you're wrong, and no, no, we have to make that illegal, that is just beyond the pale. Well, and it also, uh, you know, what does it mean? Who are you? Are you your physical expression, you know, what, whatever you've developed into in utero and now has manifested? Or are you what's your brain and your soul? If they really believe in spirituality and the soul, then whatever way in which it wants to express itself, that, that shouldn't have anything to do with you. Your soul and your brain that's yours and but you can't impose what you think others should be just on what you want to be and the, the, so to and me it, well, it drives me nuts when people go well god made you this way and god made you perfect <sighs> no let's let's be honest here there's a lot of stuff that can happen that that we as a as a as a species the human species we now realize that um okay God, God can make mistakes. <laughs> Heck, it's in the Bible. I don't <laughs> see God is participating in every single element well, that, of how a person develops. I guess I, to that I'm, point, I yes, guess I'm a yes. deist. Is that what a deist is yes. like? We're just kind of hands off. Hands off. Kinda hands off. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I'm a deist then. Because uh, I guess if there is a God, and it's not to say that <laughs> once. Some, I, and, and thank you for giving me a chance to backtrack here. And, and I don't mean God. When when per, a person is born a certain way, I don't think it's that they are a mistake. I right. just say I just don't think God's in there in the womb 
exactly. like shaping things and Doing going, you know what? Right that that's not going to have part of his brain. I just yeah. don't, I don't see right. it that It's way. just things happen. God put, you can say God or the overmind or the, 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 the upper consciousness of the universe knows. And let's, let's also be honest here too. Um, there are a lot of times and I'll say, God doesn't care if your football team wins or loses. Um, God is everywhere. <laughs> I think God is How like. A losing team. Like God said, you know what? Screw the Bears. They're not going to have, they're not going to win today. Yeah. It's like, it's like, God didn't care about the Christians on the Bears. He only cared about the Christians like on the Bills. Right? So uh, give glory to God. You know, we really wanted to win, but obviously he didn't like us as much. So, I mean, to me, when everyone, again, to that bit, when everyone wants to insist that this is all God's doing and uh. he's in there, and that's how we justify it because God wanted this to be like this. Right. And that's why we can't change it or we can't let people question it. That is just that is ridiculously. That's uh, especially when it comes to, again, in telling people who know what they need to to live a happy life, to be to know themselves, to be fully actualized, to deny them that is just um, some unconscionable. Did I use unconscionable correctly? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I agree, uh, Roosevelt. <laughs> I've got to run. Did you want to say anything else? I don't want to cut you off. That's real short. Uh, another thing that I wanted to mention is the fact that uh, the so-called Republican Party hits their wagon to a guy that we don't even know what religion he is. I believe he's an atheist. Oh yeah, we never saw we never saw either one of them walking into a church, meaning the first lady and the president. But Trump. he did hold the Bible and, upside down, didn't he? Yeah, he did that. And, <laughs> it, and then, last but not least, is I'm going to say one more thing, and that is they hit the wagon to a guy that said, "Mr. Gorbachev, uh, tear down this wall." And, and a guy now, Trump, he wants to build a wall. So tell me, that's a, the, the utmost hypocrisy. They don't mention St. Reagan anymore because he was replaced by this guy, this extremist, a guy that doesn't, like I said before, doesn't follow the teachings of, of you guys were talking about the Bible, the teachings of the Bible, because this guy did everything as far as committing crimes, especially what he did to those people that were coming through Mexico, walking and yeah, and what he did, what he did to our country, basically letting COVID run rampant, and he's responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths because he never did anything about COVID as far as mask wearing or whatever. Yeah. So that's it. I'm going to close yes. with that. Sorry, sorry, it's a depressing close. But no, it's okay. Hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, Roosevelt. Great to hear from you on this wonderful day, Roosevelt. Before you go, uh, Christmas special uh, that I should watch because you've got me so sad. Give me one to cheer me up. Yeah, what do you like? What's your favorite Christmas? Well, you guys, you guys mentioned one that I particularly like, and that's the one with David Bowie and uh, uh, Bing Crosby. Crosby, where they, 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 they I believe he sings. Uh, they sing. They sing the Little Drummer Boy. Boy. Yes, and Peace on Earth. Yeah. And Peace on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, that one I particularly like. That's yeah. a good one. Have a wonderful yeah. Christmas. Thank you so much, Roosevelt. Thank, Let's, you. Uh, Thank you. And eat a lot of tamales, people. Tamales. Right. <laughs> is tamales. Gosh darn it. I have to go get some yeah. tamales now. Bye, Roosevelt. Be well. Merry Christmas. Let's take a quick break here. Uh, we've got Dave on hold. We'll get his call when we come back in just a moment. You're listening to The Big Picture with Edwin Eisendraft on WCPT 820. And as we head into the home stretch, this is Patty Vasquez sitting in for Edwin. Hope he's having a lovely holiday. Hope that you're all happy, healthy, and warm wherever you are. It's very chilly out there. Not as cold as it was yesterday. That was nasty. In studio with me, we have uh, Elliot and Griffin hanging out till the end of the show. Uh, Elliot's work can be found on Amazon.com. You can find Grumpy Cat series, homies, comics, 
and Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. I never got to write a Christmas special for Army of Darkness. I had an idea for one, but I never got to write one. Can you still? Is it... it I have to see. Franchise my, I don't know if my pro, I don't know if my publisher still owns the license to that anymore. Oh, but it's a out. it's a fun. Uh, I will say I'm, I'm very pleased to know that my run on Army of Darkness was the second best selling run uh, behind um, one of the other artists writers who was on much longer. So yeah, I'm, 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 there are times I reread it and I go, oh, this was this was good stuff. I did okay with this. You still have to do your uh, HBO series of uh, Freetown and as well as uh, the a, a mini series about. Getting Santa. Yes, the uh, <laughs> the but the the whole bit again for folks who haven't seen just 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 um, Google the Freetown Project and see what a libertarian America would be like. It's hilarious. Well, they're very funny on Twitter. <laughs> Dave is calling in. Hey, Dave. Merry Christmas. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Merry Christmas, Patty Elliot the Griffin. Um, <clears throat> the uh, when you mentioned it with Trump and that with the Holy Roll and like that, the. Uh, I imagine him, if he would have went into a church, he would have been kind of like Al Pacino in Devil's Advocate when he touched the holy water. (laughs) It burns! It burns! (laughs) But uh, all seriousness, like I mentioned to the screener, where are these holy rollers in in that Bible belt down there and all these people of God and looking at all those, like uh, tying on from what uh, Roosevelt said with the Mexicans in the street now that uh, came up. And in that bitter cold, and that yeah. had no place, no place to stay. You know, they just, you know, make, you know, make do with whatever the clothing that they're and blankets or whatever that would throw, you know, put on the side. But uh, I'd, you know, I'd be curious to find out how many of these people got frostbite and stuff now from this. Yeah. I know. Um, you yeah, know, and who's and who's the person with with the the chapter forty two or whatever they call. That told them down there, and then that's what they all kept coming up north because they said somebody told us, you know, we should come, and they came out. They're risking their life. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, I'm going to say it. If, if you want to say that you want to protect your borders and you don't want to have immigrants come in illegally, and you don't want to, and you're saying ah, oh, blah blah blah, fine. I'm not going to begrudge you that. I mean, there has to be, It's we're talking, this country desperately needs immigration reform. There are a lot of things that we're not um, addressing, that we're getting the shouting matches back and forth about it. And a lot of innocent, well-meaning people who just want better lives are getting passed back and forth like pawns in this big political game. But to, to your point, Dave... Stop saying that we're a Christian nation. Stop saying that we we believe in Christ and his teachings. Stop even calling ourselves, I say, compassionate whatever, when we just are wanting to look after ourselves. You know, that's just, that's stop saying it. If you want to be, because to me, if the one thing that drives me nuts the most outside of the cruelty and the inhumanity of it is the hypocrisy that, you know, we want to say America is a Christian nation, but when we're actually saying is that it's not that it's a Christian nation, but it, that it is it is a a, a Judeo Christian uh, uh, Judeo Christian whatever that's built that's that's um, getting all the white people displaced. Well, yeah, 
<laughs> Tell that to the Native Americans who were here before who got displaced by the Judeo-Christians. Oh, by the way, call back to Yellowstone. Griffin, remember when we were talking about <laughs> yes. uh, Yellowstone at the very beginning? I was saying how woke it is. There's an actual se- sequence in the um, the new Yellowstone prequel, 1923, starring Harrison Ford, which is why I have to watch it. Of course. Where they they show the um, boarding schools where they kept the, the Native Americans, the young Native Americans, and pretty much trying to get them to assimilate. And it's a Christian school. It's a church school where they're like beating this young Native American woman to get her to um, stop speaking her own native tongue and all these things. That's what America did back then in the name of Christianity. So let's let's quit it. Let's stop. Let's stop this whole we're holier than thou. We're more compassionate nation than others. We're better than others. This uh, idea of American exceptionalism on the basis of morality. I say let's toss that if this is the way we're going to treat other people. I've got to run, uh, Dave. Right. Thank you so much for calling. Merry hey, Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Real quick. For, for you. And uh, talking about the borders, if they remember on 2000, or 9-11, they came through the northern border. Yep, they came to Canada. So That's anyway, right. I'll leave you on that note. But, yep. you know, all right, y'all be good. Have you a too. happy Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Thank you, Elliot and Griffin, for hanging out with me in studio. Uh, you know, again, um, embrace the the beautiful things that Christ had to, to say and share, the teachings that, that uh, we should really embody are loving thy neighbor as thyself. Caring for others. Caring for others. Caring for the least fortunate, the yeah. least of these. I think mean, Stephen Colbert said it best, right? He goes, if we, you know, if we don't want to care for the least of these and, and those who are left, let's, let's, let's just stop calling ourselves followers of Christ because we really aren't. Yeah, just, uh, just, uh, cosplayers. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Uh, they used to say, well, who, uh, uh, who said this about Elvis? Is that Elvis guy's okay. It's his fans I can't stand. <laughs> Same thing with same thing with fans of Jesus. Griffin, any final thoughts? What did you think about being on the air for the first time with me? It's nice. All right, then. Will you come back again? Sure. I appreciate He's been that. Silently judging me the whole time. Oh, oh you, me. <laughs> Have Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Let me make sure that I've got this all caught up. Be well. I'll be back on Monday, uh, driving it home from five to seven. This is Patty Vasquez filling in for Edwin Eisendrath on the big picture.